York sports fans. I am Danielle McCartan. Danielle at dinner time and beyond. I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up till 10 p.m. So whatever you're doing at this very moment, I appreciate you tuning into my show right now and throughout the evening. We are here in the Big Apple. And Connor Green and I are coming to you live from the Carton and Roberts studio or the Mike Francesa studio here in lower Manhattan. You know the number. It's already pre-programmed into your phones. 877-337-6666. As always, we will load them up with your best, most well-thought-out takes only, please and thank you. Listen, I hope you took advantage. Kim just spoiled it. I'm wearing shorts. I hope you took advantage of the day today. And maybe you're still outside taking advantage of this beautiful spring-like Sunday here in New York City. There were a lot of people out and about in the streets of Manhattan when I was coming in about mm, 5 o'clock or so, um, 4.30-ish. People were running and biking and walking and just enjoying the weather. And I did, too. I went outside for a run today. Shorts and a T-shirt. Not these shorts, a different pair of shorts, but shorts and a T-shirt nonetheless. 1.67 miles of agony, straight agony, but oh, it's neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is, is that I did get out there and that is what counts. So also on this spring-like Sunday afternoon, uh, were you missing baseball a little extra today? I have to admit, I kind of was. And I also have to admit that it, it doesn't seem that neither Major League Baseball owners nor the Major League Baseball Players Association seem to miss baseball as much as you and probably I, or I and probably you that just nodded at the at the radio. They met this afternoon for, based on the timeline of tweets that I was seeing, it looked like just under two hours. And uh, in case you missed it, which you could have if you were out enjoying the weather today, I hate to break it to you, but we are still... Yeah, you make me feel alive. I've been That's right. We are still locked out of heaven, baseball fans. It's a shame. Last night on my show, we talked about how there was going to be a meeting today. And, you know, we also talked about how my expectations for that meeting were quite low for the simple fact that the sole purpose of the actual face-to-face meeting in New York today was for the Players Association to present a written version of the proposal that they already verbally shot down line by line last week. And... That, and they were expected to add a, a one or two few things to that document. And, uh, you know, as we stand right now as a baseball community, uh, where we stand is not good. In fact, Glenn Kaplan, who is a spokesperson for the league, told the bunch of reporters that were camped outside the meeting earlier today that, quote, the Players Association chose to come back to us with a proposal that was worse than Monday night. Yep, and he actually went as far to say that the negotiations were deadlocked. His word, not mine. So here are the main takeaways, the Spark Notes version of today's proposal from the players. I actually don't agree with that statement. Well, maybe yes and no. And that's where I've been. Yes, I see that point of view from the owners. Yes, I see that point of view from the players. Today, the players did not budge a single millimeter on what we all know is the biggest obstacle, the collective bargaining tax thresholds or the luxury tax. Um, They're still dug in at $238 million. 
And the owners, though, have recently come up to $220 million. So, you know, mathematically speaking, and I, I didn't need a calculator for this. I'm just kidding. Uh, there's still an $18 million rift between the two sides. You and I might not consider that to be quite large based on the numbers that we've been seeing. But again, you and I are also not in that room. We do not know the intricacies of all of it. We just don't. And today, the players did not budge on the minimum salary proposed. They are still dug in at $725,000 starting salary. The owners, though, have actually recently come up to $700,000. So to me, that represents a significant win for the players. Seeing as though they get meal stipends. Yeah, that leaked the other day. Meal stipends? Are you kidding me? If I were the players, I'd agree to $700,000 starting because it's still 130000 more than it used to be, without a calculator, that is. And if I were the Players Association, I would also have to keep in mind that, okay, well, you know, the money is coming from somewhere. So the higher you go on that starting salary, which I think $700,000 is, is quite enough, it's also take like, what's that expression? I can never get these right. Taking from Peter to pay Paul, robbing from Peter to pay Paul, something like that. Because the veteran owners, uh, the, the, I mean, the veteran players are going to be like, well, well, wait a second, where's our money? And in, in a teaching perspective and large scale negotiation that I had just recently been in, I was that veteran teacher. And I saw these starting teachers that were getting the sal- salary that I, I got when I was maybe six years in. That's a little deflating. And and mine wasn't going up. So there's a little perspective on that. So I get it. I understand. The veteran players, I understand. So today, also, in New York, there was no movement on the postseason plans either. The players again proposed a 12-team postseason. The owners won a 14-team postseason. Today, the players made an incremental snail's pace concession agreeing to lower the pre-arbitration pool from $85 million to, guess what, $80 million. And to me, I think they should just stop the nonsense with this, too, because it's like found money. That pre-arbitration pool never even existed before. And now you've raised the, the minimum salary for the rookie players from 570000 to 700000 and now they're all getting a piece of this, this pre-arbitration pool. I mean, that's found money. But I'd have to say, of everything I saw and read and and whatever. The best part of the player's proposal today, a part where they both, both sides, seem to have the future of the game in their view, my opinion, of course, is the fact that the players agreed to what the owners proposed. Oh, I don't know. It's starting to all blend together. To be honest, my guess, maybe two and a half weeks ago, we talked about it on here on this show when it was first proposed. Today, the players agreed to a new mechanism for on-field rule changes. So seemingly, once ratified, on-field rule changes can be implemented in 45 days' time if agreed to by a joint committee with representatives from every level, including an umpire, one single umpire, actually. So if you weren't aware or weren't tuned in when we discussed it, right now it would take the commissioner through a formal proposal One year, not one season, it said. It said one year to implement a rule change. This, today, that's significant. Because this allows, over the life of the CBA, which is five years, the league and the players to continually, and on an ongoing basis, address ways to evolve the game of baseball. 
You heard CC Sabathia go off about it on he and Ryan Rocco's R2C2 podcast. And, you know, he made a good point that the NFL and the NBA are not shy about implementing rule changes to, to better their game and make their game more engaging. And to me, to me, that's all you need to know. Those two leagues continuously have their eyes to the future. And baseball always has its eyes on the rearview mirror, on the past. So it's no surprise that, because I see it every day in school, football and basketball are wildly more, more popular than baseball at the moment. It's too slow, is what the kids say. And that's the most common complaint. And you know what? I get it. But today... They've made a step in the right direction to try to start to address that. So what are some of the proposals on the table? Well, as you heard Evan Drellich with Kim Jones not long ago, robo-umps are off the table for the time being because the players rejected that idea. But, and we could talk about the shift too if you'd like, that is also on the table. Like the day after we talked, last Sunday we talked about it, right? I brought the Joey Gallo stat and all that. And if you want to go back to listen to it, you're more than welcome to. And I posted it up, actually, on, on, on all my social media accounts earlier today. But the shift, enough is enough with the shift. And that's a discussion for another time. Today I want to bring to you, because I don't want these shows ever to be stale. You can go back and listen to it. It's like your homework. Go back and listen to it. But today there's major discussion about the pitch clock. You know, CC Sabathia on that podcast episode advocated for it. And I wonder, though, and I didn't hear the whole context of it. Maybe Ryan asked him, maybe he didn't. But where CC would have stood on, on the pitch clock had he still been a player, you know, taking the mound this upcoming season whenever it starts and working under it. Because I bring you an opposite opinion from a current pitcher. Something that Max Scherzer, who is obviously now one of the chief negotiators in the Players Association, said in 2019. He said, I know as players, that's something that MLB is trying to negotiate. Back in 2019. I don't think there's negotiation here. As players, it just shouldn't or should not be in the game. Having a pitch clock, if you have ball strike implications, that's messing with the fabric of the game. Oh, that's saying, right? Scherzer said in 2019, he said, there's no clock in baseball, and there's no clock in baseball for a reason. That, again, from the year 2019, and, 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 and I just mentioned it. Opinions can evolve. Mine on the shift has officially evolved. Maybe he's changed since 2019, but that's what we have to go on. So, Mr. Scherzer, with all due respect, I totally disagree with you. And we, we often talk on this show about being long versus being engaging. And a pitch clock would bring both. A, on engagement. Can you imagine if a pitcher can't get it together within the time parameters proposed that the potential penalty implications, what they would have on a game, or if he and a catcher rush to agree on something, or there's maybe a little bit of, I don't know if this is a word, but but unsureness. Uh, I don't know the word. Insincorezza is what it is in Italian, but between the two of them, I can't think in English sometimes, but maybe there's a little bit of just not being sure between the pitcher and the catcher. That could result in maybe a passed ball in a big spot. Maybe a run's going to score. Maybe a mislocation and a big bat hitters at the plate that's going to make them pay for it. I mean, keep running with all that. So I'll ask you, what else could you see happening if a pitcher and a catcher have to rush to do a decision on a pitch based on the pitch clock? What mistakes could happen? Again, 
that's engaging. Not only does it speed up the game a little bit, it's also, it could be, has the potential to be quite engaging. And B, how about this? The pitch clock, that the proposal is that the pitch clock would be for 14 seconds for a bases empty scenario. 19 seconds for a scenario where there are runners or a runner on base. And those aren't kind of like just pull these out of a hat. They're not arbitrary. They actually were the outcome of in a few experiments in the minor leagues just last season. And just last season, Major League Baseball, the average length of a game was a record. Think about how long the game of baseball has been around. How many hundreds, you know, decades, whatever, a long time. It was a record last season of how long a typical nine-inning game lasts. Three hours and ten minutes. That's absolutely ridiculous. That is a humongous chunk of time for someone to dedicate to something nowadays. And it's also just 20 minutes longer. It's, it's also 20 minutes longer than just 10 years ago. Back then in the year 2012, which is not that long ago, the average game time was two hours and 50 minutes. I think that's much more palatable. And in one of those pitch clock experiments, the game's in the low A West League. Not important, but one of the leagues. Just last year in that league, with this pitch clock, they were shortened those games by an average of 21 minutes. That's significant, especially for those who have to get up to go to school at 6 a.m. the next day. A kid or a, a teacher, me, whether you're watching it at home or can you imagine being at a stadium on a school night? I mean, that's really hard to, to do, but wait, the kids, right? Baseball needs to start marketing big time to these kids. Let them be able to watch the end of a game for once, first pitch to last pitch, so that it doesn't end at 10, 10.30, 11 o'clock or later for once. I love when the game started. Sometimes they, the Yankees and I think the Mets were doing it too. Six, 6.30 start times. I was actually, as an adult, able to watch the end of the game before I had to get up to go to work the next day. I loved it. And, and here's the other thing. On the night this past week that negotiations were they completely crumbled. I think it was Tuesday night. It could have been Wednesday. It's all blending together, like I said. But there were a bunch of players in attendance at the Players Association press conference. And a picture was posted on social media of the group of them after the press conference was over. And let me tell you something. I consider myself pretty dialed in with, with, with baseball, with all these things. I think I've shown that. I think, I think I've exemplified that to you uh, in every single time I sit in this chair behind this microphone. But man, let me tell you, I recognize in that photo put out by the Players Association, I think it was I think it was four guys in that picture. Andrew Miller, who I would not have probably known if he wasn't on the, the executive committee because he got old looking and that beard and the hair. Um, it's not like what he looked like when he was a Yankee. But Andrew Miller I recognized, obviously Max Scherzer, Noah Syndergaard, obviously, and Trey Turner. That's it. That's a huge problem. Like when a baseball fan like me and, and probably you cannot even recognize the players in that photo at such a dire juncture in the sport. And, and what about the fringe fans? What about the kids? I'm going to venture to guess, definitely not. Probably less, in fact, than four, the four I recognized. We've been saying it and saying it. 
Major League Baseball needs to figure out a way to market its stars. Let the kids play. I call them GIFs. Make GIFs of the bat flips. Let the players celebrate their accomplishments on the field to a greater degree than already allowed, which is not much. Show more of the players in the dugout during the course of the game. Allow them to be more interactive during the game. Mic them up. Let them do a quick hit interview with the dugout camera. No need to have a reporter in there at all. Show the fans snagging foul balls. That's fun to watch. I like watching those. Maybe it's just me. Guys that fall over the chairs and whatever. We always get them after the fact. Maybe require the players to go out there and sign autographs before game starts. The game starts. How about, how's that for a kid to get an autograph and to meet Aaron Judge before a game? Bingo. Fan for life. That's what I'm talking about. That's I, I want to venture to guess that's how me and you became fans of the game. We, we met an athlete, and then that was our team. Got an autograph from, from a guy, and then that was our team. You know, even still, like, up through adult years, you know, you get an autograph from a guy, and you're like, hey, you know what? Nice guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to root for him. And I think that, that all of this should be something that's implemented, like, ASAP. Not to mention, and we talked at, again and again about this, Everybody watches TV with, and even if, if you're at the game, you have a second screen in your hand when you watch these games. Offer in-game trivia contests based on situational play. Teach the game at this. Here I am with my teacher cat. Teach the game at the same time that you're able to watch the game. And you know, you go to Yankee Stadium, you see the great subway race. Put that on an app as part of a, 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 a trivia something. Okay, all of that. And then what you do is you give out prizes. Maybe it's a jersey at the end of the game. Maybe it's a foam finger. Maybe it's it's a food voucher for $5 every half an inning. That's engaging. I would be so in on that. I would try to win it every single time. I wouldn't even get up from my seat. I wouldn't even go to the bathroom. I would just be like, I want to play this, and I want to win this every single inning. So what else would you suggest? How else can you make the existing? We're not talking changing these rules. It's crazy. But – Little tweaks. How can you make the existing game of baseball more engaging? We're not talking monumental. I mean, these players can't even seem to agree on, on you know, dollar amounts and, and, and pitch clock, any of it. I mean, so let's not go off the deep end here, everybody. Real, implementable, uh, pragmatic solutions for right now to make the game more engaging. I think that's an excellent idea, but hey, I like all of my ideas. And you know what? I hope maybe the big wigs are tuned into this show right now from their hotel rooms. And as of right now, I mean, this could change throughout the night when I'm with you tonight. And for that, I'm going to rely on you to tag me on the news on Twitter because it's it's very hard to do a live show and to keep an eye on all that stuff and the timing and for me and Connor. But as of right now, there is still no word about whether or not a meeting will be occurring tomorrow. My guess, probably not. The owners have their the ball in their court. They have to draft their own counterproposal. It's probably not going to happen overnight. And me, who has been following this all quite closely, I'd be shocked if if there was a meeting tomorrow. And I'd be pleasantly surprised if there's one scheduled for Tuesday. And I'd expect that there's going to be another meeting on Wednesday. So you and me, we're just going to sit here and wait. Wait for a shred of good news. And we're just going to take it from there. So on this beautiful spring-like day, where temperatures as of right now in New York City, the temperature is 64 degrees. My question, I guess, is a bit nostalgic. What do you miss most about going to a baseball game? 
the $45 parking at Yankee Stadium, the $15 beer. No, no, none of that, I'm sure. But for me, it's the baseball travel. I want to get to all the baseball stadiums. I mean, I miss traveling. I miss seeing the country through the lens of baseball. I mean, we're trying to plan a trip to Pittsburgh and to Cleveland, and unfortunately, we can't make plans for it. I miss seeing games in different cities. I miss eating the local food in those cities. I'm, I, I, you know, the the uh, cheese curds from at, at the uh, Milwaukee Brewers Stadium, and pair that with a beer that is brewed at the Miller Plant. Literally, I walked to it after the game, three blocks away. Or, you know, that's not eating the Skyline Cherry uh, Chili at a Reds game. Not you can't pay me enough to eat that. But it's the experience. I wouldn't even know it existed without having gone there to actually just look at it and decide to pass on it. So for me, it's the baseball travel and, and learning things about this country. The, the Roebling Bridge has the same designer and the same architect as the Brooklyn Bridge. I didn't know that till I went to Cincinnati. All of that. But for me, you know, I consider myself lucky because as I first talked with you and I look back on February 19th, it's now March 6th. I mentioned on every single show since February 19th, the essential stadium workers, the seasonal stadium workers, and the small business owners around these stadiums have virtually no income coming in. The parking lot attendants I referenced on February 19th, you can go back and listen, the concession stand cashiers, the line cooks, the ushers, and for me personally, the press box attendants, the on-field security guards, from my personal experience, those guys and girls at Yankee Stadium and City Field, they work so hard. And guess what? They love their jobs. They take pride in their jobs. So in a, in a sense, I'm lucky. I, I just missed the baseball travel, but, but others, they're missing paychecks. They've already missed paychecks. And there's really no end in sight. So the MLBPA has set up a million-dollar relief fund. The owners are expected to do the same for the past week, and but they just, you know, haven't yet. And you know what? Craig Carton came up with an amazing idea to save opening day. And I've, I'm sure you've heard of this idea by now. I think it's genius. We're going to have a game where the proceeds from the ticket sales will go to those stadium workers who are out of work. I will be playing in it. I will have an impact on the outcome of the game, whether it's in the field or at the plate. You watch, you wait. But I'm honored to be playing in such a game. So good job, Craig and Evan. Evan, maybe you're driving back from uh, from uh, Boston right now. You, I know Evan went to the the Nets-Celtics game, which we could talk to as well. My brother was there too. But maybe you're driving back. Evan, good job. Craig, good job. I, I am literally, literally counting down the days to that game. I'm telling everybody I know to be there, including you, the listener, right now. Because speaking of, you can come and watch this one. Cancel your plans, I think. I mean, this I'm all going what I'm listening to on the radio, but it's going to be on the evening of March 31st at the College of Staten Island. I've never been to Staten Island before, so that's going to be fun. Ticket information, according to Craig, will be coming this week. So as soon as I get it, I will send it out to you. Stay tuned on at Coach McCartan on Twitter. That's M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, Instagram, and again on Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. And I cannot wait to get out there. I can't wait to make an impact on this game. I can't wait to meet you. So with all that said, let's get it going. I've set the table for you, and I can't wait to talk with you at 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan at dinner time here on The Fan in New York City. 
Welcome back, everybody. To McCartan, uh, I don't know, whatever. Danielle at dinner time, Dan- drive time, Danielle, whatever it is. Um, hey, I, by the way, I was thinking about this. Maybe we can start kind of spinning this. You know how Italians love, you know, Sunday dinners? Well, maybe we can make it into like an Italian Sunday dinner with Danielle or something like that. I got some uh, of mom's broccoli and spaghetti, garlic. Oh, I can't wait to heat that up and eat that. Um, for, for right now, I got some Welch's fruit snacks holding me over. Because um, you know why? They're easy to eat. And that spaghetti, it's not so easy to eat. But um, hey, before we get this going tonight, really get it going. Because I see the phone lines are jammed. I'll get to you in one second. Um, by the way, Connor came in. I forgot to put the, the, the Ranger game on. The Rangers are winning one nothing over the Winnipeg Jets, just so you know. But I'll keep an eye on that for you as, as the show goes on. Before we really get this going tonight, I hope that you had enough time to watch it before I'm about to ruin it for you. But I think that 11 days is more than enough time because I can't hold it in any longer. I wanted to say a big, fat congratulations to my friend and a huge inspiration to me every single day. Former UFC bantamweight champion Misha Tate, she won Big Brother and a purse of $250,000. I am just, I am so happy for her. I did not miss a single minute of that show. Not a single minute the entire season. And I've never even watched Big Brother before. And of course, of course, that live finale was going to be on during the Tampa Bay Lightning game that I was at while I was on vacation of visiting my cousins. Of course, it aligned that way, right? But there was no way, no way I was missing that live finale. You should have seen me. I was telling everybody in that Amelie Arena, the lady sitting next to me, the bartender, the seat usher, that my friend Misha had a chance to win it during the game, during the course of the Lightning game. So I made sure my phone was 100% charged when I walked into that Amelie Arena and I streamed it live on the CBS app. And when she won, when the final votes were counted, I had all the people around me high-fiving me, everything, everything. I am just so happy for her, so happy for her family. And now I cannot wait to watch her kick some butt at a new weight class at UFC 273 in Vegas in May. And who knows? Maybe, just maybe, I might be out there to see it. Who knows? You'll know. When, you know, when I know, you'll know. But uh, so, Misha Tate, congratulations. Well deserved, hard earned. And keep it going. Keep the momentum going. I can't wait to see you kick some butt in May. All right. We'll go to the phones in the order that you called. As always, that's how it goes here. Um, well, let's, Rick, you were first up. Rick from Tampa. You're up. Go ahead. Danielle. Buona Dominica. How are you, my dear? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Is it is it Buona Dominica or is it Felice? What is more appropriate? Mm, probably in that case, probably Felice. Uh, Felice, okay. Both Felice. are good, though. Okay. I'm Italian now that I'm calling you. So <laughs> i got to work on it. How are you doing? I'm good. You I'm know, good. I, I'm good. You know, and I'm, I'm glad you have a little more positive spin on that um, MLB news. But, you know, when I called and I asked, I was going to talk to you. For some reason... I had some crazy you mixed up with one of the ladies in my life group at church who had requested a prayer for a woman who was a fast pitch softball coach, and she she has cancer, right? But she he goes she goes she's an incredible talent athlete. She pitched a no hitter to Hank Aaron and Ted Williams. Wow! And I'm thinking, what? For some reason, I thought you knew this lady. I'm like, her name was uh, Joan Joyce, by the way. But no, I'm thinking, wow. 
you know, to, to pitch a no-hitter to those guys yeah. must be pretty good at her sport. So I, for some reason I had confused when I was calling you that you had known something about that, but you don't, mm-hmm. obviously. So, um, I wanted to uh, say that um, the idea that you were saying about baseball, and it's like living down here, I mean, I'm at spring training all the time, and obviously you're just referencing your trip to Tampa. Mm-hmm. I got that video. That was cool. Kucherov does a lot of those things. So yeah, a lot of the cool. guys on the team. Hey, wait, Rick. Out. Wait, before you go any what? further, somebody messaged me today. Did the steakhouse you were talking about in Edgewater start with an F or, or an R? So which one? The steakhouse that you were referencing. That you, you Was it you that did, does the work with the steakhouse in Edgewater? No, oh, not I got me. you mixed up. See, I got you mixed up with somebody. Then I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Not, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's not. I'm the Edgewater. You mean in Jersey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. It was somebody else. No. Sorry. Being in Tampa, no, I wouldn't be that right. <laughs> the, uh, the the idea. Funny thing is, is though, in talking about Tampa, is being. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out because I really wanted to say that with the uh, with the, the softball and stuff, and mm-hmm. and don't blow it with the Ranger game. I wanted to talk Rangers with you, but then I realized I'm recording the game. Oh and man! And I knew I prompted, there was a score, and obviously the Rangers are up one nothing. I was going to talk to you about <laughs> that, but I don't want to talk to you about the Rangers while they're playing. All right. So we do know we need to make a move, but. Regarding the idea behind baseball mm-hmm. and memories and, and what you think of, I think of two things. Here in Tampa, I am a spring training guy, yep. being I know a lot of players and I know a lot of, on the team. I go to you know uh, quite a few spring training games, and to me, that is the real essence of baseball. Yes, it's, it's eighty degrees, it's sunny, it's uh, the stadium is a little, it's, it's a great stadium, and I love to see him start the season off here. I've had that idea before. Versus playing in Yankee Stadium when you're pretty much going to get 40 degrees and mm-hmm. rainouts and stuff. And mm-hmm. A lot of the time what the owners are talking about. So I, I do miss that right now when we're coming back. And also when I, when I come up to New York a couple times a year to go to the Yankee Stadium, I stay downtown by a Grand Central and I catch the four train, mm-hmm. which is a dollar. And it is so cool. And I just love that. You get on that train. It takes you right to Yankee Stadium. <laughs> you're packed with everybody who's going to the game. Yep. And you just get out, go in the game, get out, go back to the hotel. That, to me, was whoever I'm bringing, family, kids, whatever, mm-hmm. is the most exciting part. Besides seeing the teams play. So yep. that's what I had to say about that. Uh, you know what? I've only taken the train to the game once there, Rick. And thanks for that. I've taken the train to the game once. And from where I am in New Jersey, we did it in college. It it was not – we just – we wanted to do it. We didn't have to. We wanted to do it. It was so hard. It was so hard to do. I mean, it was like three different trains. It took like two to ha- – three hours to do it. It was just – it was a lot. I wish I could take the train to the game. I would love to. It's so easy to do it, right? Theoretically, not from where I am in New Jersey. But the one time we did do it – like you just described, Rick, the the the, the sea of blue because uh, we did we went to Yankee Stadium. We didn't City Field. We still probably on our way there. Um, but in Yankee Stadium, I mean, the sea of blue. Everybody's wearing the jerseys, and you you go down the steps over there, and it's just the sea of Yankee blue and commotion. And hey, let's stop and get a drink at the bar before we even go in. And yeah, game day. Yeah, we miss game day. All right, in the order that you called, uh, Mike in Homer, New York. You're up on the fan. Hi, Danielle. It's really nice to talk to you. I've been listening to you since you've uh, been around, and I've enjoyed uh, your uh, takes on a lot of things. Oh, thanks, Mike. Matter of fact, I, I actually just heard you say something a little bit ago that kind of 
piqued my interest. I was telling Connor that. What's that? Um, you were saying about uh, marketing the game. Well, first of all, let me just preface it. My son uh, is one of those stadium workers, but he doesn't work at Shea or uh, Yankee Stadium. He works in Washington at the Nationals. Okay. Ballpark. But he's a Mets fan, but that's another story. But uh, What does he do there? Happened. He works in, uh, I guess they have like a specific room that um, they have, uh, like he's an usher, but they have a specific room that uh, they like little kids can go into and kind of mm-hmm. like be like, watched and stuff. Like, their parents could go in there and kind of sit around and, you know I'm saying, watch the game on TV and, yeah, yeah. and their kids can play. It's pretty nice. It's kind of like a little, not like a daycare, but like a, like a quiet room, I guess, so right. speak, or okay. something like that. Right. So he, he does that and he, he, he enjoys that, but he's not working now. So he had to find other work last year. And now he's working at one of the, um, there's like a thing called the Warner Theater down there in Washington. So mm-hmm. he works there. But the idea that you came up with about marking the game, I was like, what if they had something like a specific area that like the guys who aren't playing would be able to be like near the fans, like two or three of them could kind of turn around and, you know, each in between each inning, they could like sign autographs, yeah. sign a program or sign a T-shirt. Yeah. It wouldn't have to be the same three guys. It could be like they could rotate at one inning. These three guys would be up and the next inning, the next three guys. So they could do what, not the guys that are playing unless obviously they, somebody took, got taken out or what, you know, was uh, because the game got out of hand, they mm-hmm. stopped them from playing. They're like, Oh, the game's out of hand. You know, we're going to take so-and-so out. We're going to let him go sit down and, you know, he can go and kind of, do his thing and stuff like that. You I know, like the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I, but you're the one that came up with it. I just was listening to what you said. I'm like, you know, there's got to be a way to, to market the game and get people to come. Because, like, I, I don't know if you said it one time or some one of the other callers that um, they got, like, the the minor league games. You go there and it's like an experience. I yes. mean, they have stuff going on in between innings and they're not all just, it's just like the guys running in and the other guys running out and mm-hmm. that's it. Nothing going on. It's like, Things are happening. There's there's the girls coming out with the shooting the cannon with the t shirts. Yeah, they, yeah, they're yeah. doing they're doing the thing with the bat. They're doing like races around the field. I mean, they're doing all sorts of stuff that makes the game. It's just not like sit down and watch the guys play for two and a half three hours and then that's it. There's things going on. So like you said, there's you know, got to be a way to to make the game an experience so that the player the fans are like, you know what? Well, if we're going to go to the game, we're going to not just see a game. We're going to see different things are going to be happening. Yeah, Mike, be like- I like it. I like it, Mike. And I, I like the idea, the hybrid idea, yours and mine, of what makes a game go? The players, right? And I'm sure you've had an experience with a player, and you're like, hey, I'm going to really root for that guy since he met, took the time to meet with you. I'll tell you, an easy way to do it is this. I, um, one year, and I know we got to go to break, but I'll tell you the story really quick, and I told this, I think, last week as well. I went to a Yankee game, Happened to go to um, passport. Uh, the giveaway was a passport um, holder. You know, you put your slide your passport in. You put it's like a wallet thing. You put like credit cards in, which by the way I still have and still use. It's very useful. But that day, and they did they didn't announce it until we were pretty much there. Actually, I think I went with my brother that day, and he's so cheap. He, I guess I shouldn't say cheap, but he likes to eat at the McDonald's because he doesn't want to pay stadium prices. Um, so we were eating at the McDonald's, and I saw all of a sudden I saw on Twitter. That some of like Yankee personnel was going to be handing out those those giveaways in that great hall there. I was like, let's go finish that and let's go. And um, sure enough, you know, you you went through, you got your ticket scanned, then you walked, and there was like barricades surrounding the the people. But I got my my passport holder. You know, who handed it to me, the manager of the Yankees, Joe Girardi, pregame. 
That's what I'm talking about. I'll remember that for the rest of, for the rest of my life. And I was, I was an adult, you know, so it was cool. Maybe that's a way you can do it without taking the guys away from the game itself. Hey, hey, someone got hurt. I need you in. Where are you? Oh, you're signing autographs in the suites? You better get down here. Maybe prior to the game, you could do something like that. Integrate it that way. All right, more suggestions on how to get young people involved in baseball, um, how, to get, how to get the game more engaging or make the game more engaging. Coming up right after this on The Fan. Welcome back to Danielle at Dinner Time here on The Fan in New York City. I got a tweet from Danny. And he sent me a picture of his Sicilian baked ziti all ready to go. Oh, that looks good. I have that tweet saved in a new tab, by the way. When I go and heat up my uh, my broccoli and spaghetti, I'll, I'll reply with, with my dinner. Maybe we can make a thread. This is a Sunday dinner session here with Danielle on the fan. Danielle McCartan, that is. Yes, I know. It's Irish. I'm half Italian. Um, but, hey, I speak it. Um, so ways to make baseball more engaging. Because you know why we're talking about that? Because finally, finally. The players agreed agreed in principle today to, in Manhattan, right up the street here, they agreed in principle to a 45-day window for rule changes, uh, provided that there is this, uh, you know, a whole committee set up to, to approve it. But that totally beats out the year-long thing um, that, that we're currently seeing. You know, a commissioner has to propose it after a whole year, then it gets accepted. But guess what? Now... Well, as soon as this new CBA is ratified, I assume. Now, it's 45 days. You don't like something? Within 45 days, it could be changed. And I think that is amazingly good for the sport. So good for them. And that's why we are now offering our suggestions on what to do and how to get young people involved in baseball. So, in the order that you called, Lou in Astoria. You're up on the fan. Daniel, how are you? Good. How are you, Lou? I'm okay. Listen, one thing that I'm missing, that I, my mother used to take me to the stadium. We used to go very early, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, we watch batting practice, and it's not it's it's taken away today. I don't know why. Yes. And we used to go in, and they let us go down almost to the field. Yep. And interact with the players, get an autograph, and that was a thrill of a lifetime. Yep. You know what I'm saying? For me too. Sometimes I love it. You even it. get a baseball, which is one of the hottest things to do. Yep. To get in in in, in 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 a ball game. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So this is the little things that are missing right now. The players has to interact with it, you know, and security and uh, Yankee Stadium, forget it. Yankee Stadium is like a, you're in jail. They yeah. don't let you even, yep. I mean, you, you only go to the bathroom and, and, and buy food. Yep. You see, that, that's taken away from the fans. Now, a couple of things that I, that I see that I, it should be changing the game for people, young people to be more interested in the game, and the game will be a lot much faster. I don't know if you noticed. But this analytic stuff is getting me sick, especially now when the manager is in the dugout and he has to look at the computer, relay the science, every pitch yep. to the catcher, okay? So, so this, this takes time. It's, it's ridiculous. That stuff should never exist. This is another thing that you play the game and you're probably not going to agree with it, okay? <laughs> um, base stealing. Yeah. Contact. All that stuff, all that stuff should be taught in the minors, okay? Yes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? This is very important in the game. Oh, yeah. Because even the shift is going to take, you know, uh, they, they, they can't, you can't be shifting when you got a base stealer, and, you know, because the, the pitcher has to pay attention to it, yep. you know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and also, this is one thing that I think that, I, that bunting should be brought back to the game. I love it. But, but listen to this now, Daniel, you're going you're gonna to kill me. You're going to hang up on me. <laughs> bunting should always 
if you tip the ball, so 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 bunting would be part of the game. Okay. If you if you if you if you if fouled uh, with two strikes, that should be a foul. You should continue the at bat. That's one way that I know that the analytic people say, "Oh, it's an automatic out." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of things there that has to be changed again. I mean, I miss the the base stealing. I mean, you know, you you you, I, you, you can't be when you have Ricky Henderson on first base. You can't be you can't be looking at the phone because it's exciting going exactly. excitement going on. Yeah, you're All right, right about Mama, that. Dear, take care, and I'll see if I can make it to see you go. At least three for four. I went a four for four, but that's too much. Oh, you bet. Now, four for four? You got it, Lou. Just for you. I hope to see you at that game. You take care. I want to <laughs> see a lunch angle. No, I want to see <laughs> no, contact. Okay? You, know, you know it, Lou. Thank you. I appreciate it. You take care. It. I'll Bye-bye. see you there. Uh, that's, and, and Lou brought up a great point. He opened with a great point. Getting there early for batting practice. Now, you get to, I, I, you get to the, the home fields. The home team is, is literally packing up and walking off the field by the time they allow the fans in. That's a shame. Really. Um, and I, I assume it has to do something with, you know, uh, spying, you know, and, you know, trying to get a competitive advantage and all that. That's where we are. But bring it back, man. Come on. Batting practice, really? You're going to glean that much information from, from batting practice? Really? Bring it back. Let the home team bat with the fans in the stands. I agree with you completely. Lou, we don't agree on much, but that whole call, we agree on. Hey, Bill in Island Falls, Maine, you're up on the fan. Bill. Hello? Oh, I just had my my finger on the drop button there, Bill. What's up? Uh, you know, I just want to. I'm a longtime baseball fan, but I'm very dis- I've been disappointed with these guys for a long time because I've been a little league coach. I've umpired high school baseball games and everything. They they do not. Both sides, players and owners, do not realize that they wouldn't be at that level. Baseball wouldn't be what it is without the people that donate their time to make these players, you know, that get the kids into the game. Oh, yeah. But it should be doing more at that level. Yep. And, Bill, that goes basically along with the fabric that, that we're talking about. Getting the kids involved in the game. Sign some autographs. Be visible. Don't be that untouchable player, in other words. Be a human being. Interact with the crowd. I know A-Rod gets a lot of, gets a lot of crap around here, but you know what? A-Rod signed a lot of times for the people waiting before the game. He did. And you know what? Never mind. I'm not going there. But there are some players that just will not. In the order that you call, let's go to uh, Jim in Queens. You're up on the fan. Jim. Hey, hi. What's hey, up? Hey, hi, Coach. Thanks for having me on. First time I've ever called in. Wow. Oh, awesome. Love it. Welcome. Um, so two things you said really resonated with me. One, the split screen, and one, talk about baseball. Yeah. I mean, it, the games have gotten unwatchable. I'm a I'm a lifelong baseball fan. I raised three kids, you know, as fans. Went through the little league system with them, mm-hmm. and we all agree it's like you can't watch it anymore. You, we've all got 55 inch screens with close ups of a guy's beard. Yeah. It's it's not what the game is about. Mm-hmm. Split screen. Show the defense. Yep. Show the guys dancing on the bases. Yes. You know, it, it show the defense reacting to every pitch. They're not just shading right and left base on the batter. These guys react to every pitch. Talk about it. Yeah. Show it. Yep. Then every now and then it's three, three, two, full count. Okay, let's see the guy's face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where I where I would disagree with you, but we'll agree to disagree friendly, I'm not big on the, the bat flipping and the celebrating. I do think the 
the restraint and the dignity of the game is part of it. Mm -hmm. But and that's where I'd have my close up on the guy's face when he's grumbling and mumbling because he can't <laughs> flip his butt. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, well, I enjoy listening to you, and I hope that you know people are listening because we can't even watch the game anymore. It's just too damn boring. Yeah, you 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 got it. You nailed it. And and you know, and I I know that's in sort of like a. I mean, the new school thing is like it's you got to do something that goes viral. It's a touchdown dance that goes viral. It's a, you know, it's a slam dunk. I mean, did you see every single kid in my school saw John Morant, the both plays that John Morant made that night, the Jordan esque dunk, and then the the the, I, I don't even know the guy who threw it in, and I apologize, but the the inbound pass with like two seconds left, the guy chucks it football style, literally from the baseline. Across the entire court, John Morant jumps up, catches it, and shoots it in the same motion, and it goes in as the buzzer goes off. I couldn't tell you who won the game at all whatsoever, but I could tell you those two plays, and I could tell you every kid in my school watched it, or at least saw it. So those are the moments that baseball needs to be able to capture and market and put out there so that they are viewed a million. I mean, when I watched it, it was like 736,000 views, and I, it was the same night. I venture to guess it, it's in the millions now. That's what I'm talking about. John Morant, everybody knows who he is, especially here. That's the, 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 the name, face recognition sort of thing as well. Baseball needs to market its players better. Welcome back to The Fan. I am Danielle McCartan, taking you all the way through 10 p.m. We are one hour down, two to go. Give me a call at 877-337-6666. I was just looking through my my favorite pictures here on on my phone. I I got halfway there, and then I got distracted with some of your tweets, uh, which I'll read in a second. If you want to tweet me, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Trying to find it. Ah, So uh, I'll send it out in a second. Where is it? Where is it? I can't believe this. I, I have an I have an album of favorites. So for quick access and not so quick. Oh, here it is. I got it. All right. So I am uh, I'm, I'm driving home the other day. I'm just I know you guys love my driving stories. I feel like I'm always in the car. Uh, I, I'm sitting there at a red light. I look to my left and I see this huge Penske truck pulling up with a white SUV on the hitch. It's like a yellowish license plate. So at first glance, I'm like, ah, all right, just a regular jersey plate. But as I'm sitting there, the light's a really long light. I'm sitting there, and I'm looking closer, and I'm like, wait a second. That's not a jersey plate. I still don't know what the plate. I'm looking at it right now. and I, You know what? Let me, let me tweet it out so you can look at it as I'm looking at it. No caption or anything. Uh, uh, current story on... The fan. That's what I'm going to say. So at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'll put it up as well. But I'm sitting at this light, looking at this car on the back of, of the of the, of the the moving truck. And the plate's like, oh, all right, it's a jersey plate. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second. That's not a jersey plate. The license plate reads. It's called, it's Socks Pats. Like, welcome to the neighborhood, buddy. Like, <laughs> I hope that you can find some friends around here because both Giants and Jets fans are united, I think, in this, that they hate the Patriots. So you aren't going to make any fans that way. And, well, you know, Yankees, Red Sox, that kind of speaks for itself and maybe not so much anymore, but but it used to at least. It used to carry some weight. 
So maybe the guy who's clearly moving into the neighborhood could find himself a Yankee-hating Mets fan to hang out with. I don't know. But overall, a guy moving in with a license plate that says Socks Pats and a license plate little, uh, you know, cover, you know, that thing goes around the outside of it. New England Patriots? I mean, I can't see that guy finding many friends in uh, his new suburban New Jersey neighborhood. Well, that's all I'm saying. So uh, if you want to take a look at that, it's just things that occur while I'm driving, you know, sort of thing. And I, I've cl- I was stopped at the red light, so I wasn't moving. So you can't get on me for that either. But, yeah, good luck making friends, pal. <laughs> Not in that neighborhood, I hope. I don't think. All right, in the order that you called, let's go to uh, Mark in the Bronx. You're up on the fan. Oh, hello, Daniel. I finally got to you. You got me, Mark. What's up? No, first of all, I'm 86 years old. Mm-hmm. I go back to Ebbets Field. Mm-hmm. All right? When the New York Giants, New uh, Brooklyn Dodgers, and the Yankees. Yes. All right? Yep. I haven't heard one thing. I love your show, first of all. Oh, thank you. As an African-American, I love your show. <laughs> thank but you. But you have not mentioned. You said you were a Yankee fan? Um, Listen, I root for both New York teams, but if they were playing okay, each other in the World there. Series, let's, I'd let's, say Yankees. Let's go there. Let's go there. But you haven't mentioned mm-hmm. not one thing. Mm-hmm. About Reggie Jackson, Dave Winfield, Ryder Bloom, Catfish Hunter, Raleigh Fingers. Okay, I understand what you're doing here, but 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 we're talking about the future of baseball, not not the history of baseball here tonight. With yeah, all due but, respect. Okay, let, let's go to the future. Okay, let's go to the future of baseball. Mm-hmm. What's going on with Aaron Boone? What's going on with this lockout? Why are these people doing these things? And as far as the Mets concerned, Max Scherz, uh, uh, um, Jason DeGrom, mm-hmm. I mean, why are these people locking us all out? Well, here's the thing, Mark, and, and I appreciate the call, and thank you for that, and a little glean into history there. Um, <laughs> the simple answer is this. The league is locking the players out because they fear that the players will go on strike. So they locked him out. That's the story. And what they are disagreeing on at every single level are are a multitude of different issues. Um, The collective bargaining tax, multi-millions of dollars, all the way down to should there be a pitch clock or not. I mean, and everywhere in between. They've been negotiating uh, for, I would say, in good faith for about 10 days or so. Maybe a little longer. Probably about 10 days, though. And uh, they can't seem to agree on anything. So it's not the players that are locking anybody out. It's the owners that are locking the players out for fear that if it was open, they'd strike. And then scab players would be needed. And uh, guess what? I think I could make myself available. Just saying, if anybody's listening from the Yankees or the Mets, if you're looking for scab players at at any point, maybe the owners are going to go on the offensive and say, hey, Lockout's over. Get to work. And the players are like, wait, we're not ready. Hey, you know what? I think I can make myself available for a month or so or longer for seven hundred, six, even $570,000 a day. I'll take it. I think I can work with that. <laughs> the commute to the Bronx or Queens wouldn't be so uh, 
Wouldn't hit me so hard in the wallet with those tolls from Jersey. I think I can make that work. Sign me up. Mike in Blowville, you're up next on The Fan. Oh, hi. Oh, hi, I'm Danielle. What's up, Mike? Oh, well, good. I mean, I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say something to you in Italian about the baseball, about this lockout. I All hope right, I say you. it right. Uno I, scherzo, scherzo. Uno scherzo. It's a oh, joke. Oh, I was close. Uno I was scherzo. close. Uno scherzo. Yeah, you got okay, it. Okay, and it is a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, I, I think that um, I'm looking at the things. I'm looking at it, and uh, there's, so, there's some minor issues, like the, um, you know, like, uh, like well, well, the, with the, um, what are you gonna, well, look at baseball. Out of all the sports, they make the minimum amount of money for, um, you know what I'm saying? For, you know what I'm saying? Out of out of all the sports, yeah. um, minimum salary, and that's not right because hockey doesn't generate the revenue that baseball does. Sure. And and you know, and um, I want to ask you about this thing about the larger bases. You know, you're familiar with that. They want to impose yes. law. Is that to prevent injuries? Um, so I think it's twofold. I, I think, and in, in Mike, good question there, Mike. And I think one of the proposals, I'm not sure if it was shot down or not, but it has been floated around, is that um, they want to introduce, and they have done it already in the minor leagues, uh, bigger bases. Um, I think it's... Oh, I don't know the measurements. I think it's maybe three inches, three inch larger bases all around. I think. Um, in any event, what does that do? Oh, it does two things. One, it, it shortens the the base paths. So yes, those plays that are bang bang, maybe the runner's going to be safe. Rather, in another time when he would be out, and that generates you know more excitement in the game, having more runners on the bases. Um, you know those 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 plays with the. You have to keep replaying it, replaying it with the, with the fingers touching the base. Are they touching? The dirt's in the way. That that sort of thing. It'll shorten the base path by by just a little bit. I think the real uh, reason is, as you as you alluded to there, Mike, is um, injury. Because if the base is bigger, then I know, and I know, you know, the players, the fielders are not supposed to have their foot actually on the base. Sometimes it happens, though, sometimes, where, you know, the pitcher's foot, he's covering first, and, and his foot kind of slips on the base, and the runner steps on his foot, something like that. This would give more surface area for both the fielder and the base runner to, you know, safely be able to tag that base. Do I like it? No. I, that, that is one of the things that I don't like. Um, I, I get this whole safety thing. I I also hate the second bag, you know, like in your in your beer league baseball games or your kids' games, and they have like that second base, but you know, attached to first base, the orange one. I hate it. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's stupid. If you taught people the right way how to do it, you wouldn't have to. You know, you got to anchor your foot as a fielder, as a first baseman, especially. You got to anchor your foot to the side of the bag. Runner touches the top of it. That that's it. Then the top when you're running from home to first, your foot should be hitting the uh, close. Closest corner to you on the right, if if it's just a single. I mean, if you taught people how, how the nuances of base running, I think there would be a lot less injury that way. Not saying that baseball players don't know how to run bases. Uh, I just don't like it. I just I think it's a, a silly it's a silly silly rule change. Although I do like the pitch clock, um, and I do like not banning the shift. Let's be clear. I like limiting the shift. Whereas. You look at it in infield, and you've got the third baseman and the shortstop to the left of second base, and you got the second baseman and the first baseman to the right of second base. You know, we always taught from such a, a, a young age that a, a line drive up the middle, that should be a base hit. 
Nowadays, it lands in a third baseman's glove standing behind second base. It's ridiculous. It's got to stop. Because hits equal action. And baseball needs more action. Al in Staten Island, you're up on the fan. Hey, how you doing? Uh, first time listener, first time caller. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, we're one for <clears> one <throat> there, Al. Batting a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before I make my two, give my reasons why I have to make the game better, I just want to say, I think the game is fine the way it is. You know, I'm 32 years old, and I hear all these rule changes. People want to put the pitch clock in. They want to make the bases bigger. I hear some people saying they want to shorten the season. Honestly, it's disturbing to me. I think the game is perfect. And I just understand why so many people want to change this game. You know, I really Al, do don't. You, do you seriously dedicate three hours and ten minutes of your day five or six times a week to watch a baseball game? Yeah, man, I go to so many games too. I spend, I go, I go to the park so many times. I mean, I love baseball. You know, I really do. Um, and I, you know, we're talking about knocking off twenty minutes. So what's the difference if I spend three hours or two hours and forty minutes? I think there's you know, a big a difference, though. When you when you think about the kids, which is the demographic that they're trying to entice to come to these games, you know, that's a difference between going to bed at eleven o'clock or ten forty five or ten thirty even. So at, in some okay, cases. well. I, I, since you bring up the kids, these are my two things I think could help the kids. Okay, these are my my rule changes would help the kids. One, I think that the, the one is for the players and one is for the owners. Wait, you're telling fair. me? Wait, first of all, Al, you're telling me baseball is perfect the way it is, and now you have two rule changes. Okay, go ahead. Well, okay, I'll t- I'll tell you my two rule changes. Mm-hmm. It, it, my first one is the players should stop. They need to grow up a little bit. And when somebody hits a home run and they pimp a home run. They gotta stop. They gotta stop being so dramatic and act like it's so sacrilegious to show some emotion on a big play. I agree with you. Same thing with the same thing with the pitchers. If the pitchers, you know, and like I, I'm a Mets fan and I'm not a fan of of Marcus Stroman's personality, but I loved it when he got out of the gym and he showed so much emotion on the mound. Because I like that's that too. Emotion that, yep. That's emotion that me and the guys felt at home when we were watching the game. Yep. Or we were at the park. Mm-hmm. So I, I love seeing that, and I think it's 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 crazy that the players are not. They're not getting with the times. And the second one is for the owners. If the owners really cared about the kids as much as they're claiming that they do and they're worried about the future, right. why don't they put their money where their mouth is, invest the money into – they should put a plan together and say, look, we're going to build a bunch of uh, fields all around the country, mm-hmm. make it accessible, cheaper for kids to play the game, yes. and we're going to teach them yes. uh, teach them how to play the game correctly mm-hmm. from a young age. You know, they do it in soccer. In soccer, they have all these, like, academies for kids all right. over the world. Why can't the MLB, these guys make billions and billions and billions of dollars. Some of them can't put, like, a 10-year plan and say, we're going to build X amount of fields all over the country. Not only that, but, but, but have the manpower there, Al, to, to do it. We're going to hire the coaches. These are MLB, you know, pipeline coaches, too. And that way you get some more – you get – more uh, diversity represented in these, and these are coaches that are going to be maybe moving up to the major leagues one day. I like it. I like it. You got to start from the grassroots. And guess what? Um, guess what? Maybe maybe you were listening last night. Maybe you weren't. But the U.S. women's national team, they just agreed to settle. Um, I think uh, I think they settled for a lot less than what they wanted to, or should have, I should say. Um, but that's neither here nor there is the expression of the night. But but why I'm mentioning that is each player, or I mean the team, got $24 million in the settlement. $2 million of which, and this all has to be agreed upon with the CBA, everything, the impending CBA, them two. But, uh, which it should have been done already and it's it's not. Taking a page out of baseball's book. Maybe these two should get together. But the the 
$2 million of the settlement money is to be used, I guess, annually to um, reinvest in the game of soccer for girls and women. So what? say I'm a player on the U.S. Women's National Team, I'm from Jersey, and I want to say, hey, you know what? I want to put together the Danielle McCartan uh, Summer Soccer Academy. Can I please borrow $50,000? They can go up to fifty. So I want $50,000 for that academy. Can I please do it? And here, you know, here's all the paperwork and all that. And they'll grant me the money. That, that's good. I do like that because it gets kids invested in the right way, playing the right way, the game from a young age. And then it doesn't have to be all organized sports all the time. Like you said, Al, make it more accessible. I went to a field opening in uh, in the Bronx, uh, not far from Arthur Avenue, walkable. I walked to Arthur Ave afterwards, and, and you know what? Guess who opened it, and guess who financed it? C.C. Sabathia interviewed him there. This was like, not like last like last June, I guess it was, last July. No, last June. And um and and he put together that field and they opened it and and the kids were it was accessible and that was one of the things he talked about with me that that the field is now, you know, safe. It's accessible to the kids and good for him. And there needs to be more of it. Maybe it needs to come down from the league. You're right. Let's go to uh, Rob. Uh, I'm sorry, Ryan. Ryan in Long Island. You're up on the fan. Hey, coach. How we doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Just sitting here watching the best team in New York, the Rangers. Oh, don't. Nothing. Hey, listen, Ryan. I got yelled at before. Don't give the score update. But I bet you're happy. Oh, I'm sorry. I won't say anything. No. But, um, so I didn't know. I, I just no. I, I got uh, yelled at before. They're like, I have it on DVR. Don't tell me to score. So just oh just my so bad. You know. I apologize to whoever I uh, gave. <laughs> well, game isn't over yet, so who knows? But um, as far as sports, the four major sports, uh, coach, can you tell me any sport that has like what's the most important thing in sports? Right, besides hockey, it's the ball. Correct. Mm-hmm. Sure. What other sport has manipulated the ball? Like baseball, I mean, they change it like they're changing under. It's crazy. Yeah, I see I, your I, point. I, I know, like, I know, I know. Way back in the day, the football used to change uh, shape and size. I know but, the, co- the college, college and pros are different, right? Correct. Yes, they are. Yes. But not not amazing. But I mean, in mid season, like yeah, the no, 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 juice, and yeah. then oh, we're going to the playoffs. Dead ball. Take the juice out of. Yeah. So that's the thing with base, like baseball. It's almost like they go out of their way. To constantly like shoot themselves in the foot. I don't get it. I'm not the biggest baseball fan in the world. Yeah. But I do like it when it's on. Yeah. But I just don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, Ryan, that's a great point. Because you had the live ball era, you had the dead ball era. Can we just have the, the regular ball era? You're right. And I don't understand what they're doing either. I do know that Major League Baseball bought Rawlings, which is the company that manufactures the baseball. So they have complete and total say over over the composition of the baseball, you know, the, the the humidity levels at which they're stored. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's a great point. I don't know. I, I wish I had the answer. But why do they keep manipulating them? I'm watching hockey on TV right now. The Rangers are on TV right now. The puck has not been manipulated to my knowledge. Uh, you know, it's not heavier. It's not smaller. It's not bigger. Yeah, good point. I don't know. Uh, let's go. We could probably get one more. Let's go to Robin Babylon. You're up on the fan. Hey, how you doing, Dan? Good, <sighs> good to uh, see, uh, speak with you. Um, and then let me not to mention, Rawlings is the um, parent of, of Rawlings is Steiner, the Steiner ball. That was the first ball that they used. Um, and, and, and guess what? Ford, you know, uh, uh, Henry Ford is the one who actually started 
um, uh, producing, you know, manufacturing, you know, uh, balls because obviously when he started doing the, um, you know, the, the automobile, they needed, you know, tires. So they used the rubber tires and then we can go on with the Vietnam War with, you know, fighting over the plantations that produced the rubber. I go on and on for days. But nonetheless, what I want to say is about with the baseball, with the changing of how they're going to, um, you know, how they're going to be doing the game. Um, it, it, it is it is very important and essential, you know, particularly because we're in a time warp right now of the world of life, of where everything is so constantly, you know, developing to where it's a lot of speed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people don't, don't, you know, realize that, you know what, everybody wants what they want when they want it. Right. Like I even, a lot of people don't want to sit in, you know, in a nine-inning game where it's taking so long, where the pitchers are rubbing the ball, yep. which I'd like to say, the sticky, the sticky stuff is nothing but big league chew, chewing gum. And, and then, you got, then you got the batters stepping out, adjusting their batting gloves for the 15th time in this at-bat and touching the helmet. And, yeah, I get it. It's just too much. And then not only that, Danielle, but they're also fouling the ball off with you got two strikes. You know, they should implement something that after fouling off uh, three balls, like even with, you know, softball, I know you get three fouls. Three, if you foul out three times, that's a strike. You know what I'm saying? So well, that's not different. in our league, but sure. Maybe it, ex- well, it does exist in a league, maybe, but I've never played that role. Okay, but what I'm saying is this, is that, that if you do implement a rule like that, now you don't have these guys fouling off these pitches and fighting off these pitches so long. Listen, you got one more time to foul it off, and then it's considered a strike. Maybe even if it's, like, say, like, if it's a thing where you've got two strikes, no balls, two strikes, you only got four times to foul it off. But now if you got one ball and two strikes, then you can foul them off and fight off the pitch as long as you want. I'm just, that's an idea. Yeah. And then let me just say something else about the owners. Obviously, we've been through, a, you know, with this pandemic, it has to be a change because of the simple fact that this took us as a surprise where now guys are getting, wanting to get paid for not playing because of, the, you know, two years, you, you realize that, you know, these owners took a hit. And then they, they're expected to pay not only the salary, but at the same time, they didn't generate any income. You know, and then on top of all of the things that they have to be responsible for with the fields and the employees and the, you know, the, the fibulous lawsuits that they have, even, you know, the, the medical uh, coverage that they got to do for these guys. It's just so much that people are tending to leave out. And then on top of it, Daniel, I'm going to let you go. Um, I, the owners that have been taking the torch from their fathers and from their, you know, we got to realize, man, that at least they kept the game going and they tried to keep up with us. Yeah. You understand? Because at one time, man, baseball was only nine innings. And Babe, Babe Ruth said, you what? Another inning, man, I'm getting ready to get in my in my uh, Shelby and, and go get me something to drink. Yeah. You know, don't say there wasn't no Or Rob, and some of those other guys are going to their, their part-time jobs after they played a game of baseball or getting drafted into the war. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I get it. I, I get it. It has completely changed since then. Uh, here's here's the other thing, guys. Here's what we're talking about. The Players Union, this is from John Heyman, a tweet. The Players Union agreed to allow MLB to ban shifts, implement a pitch clock, and make bases larger starting in 2023, subject to those agreements fitting a total deal. Um, union also rejected robo-umps for 2223 MLB's goal is to, to be able to streamline the process and add excitement to the game, which is what we've been talking about all night. Again, Players Union agreed to allow MLB to ban shifts, 
implement a pitch clock and make bases larger for beginning in 2023, subject to those agreements fitting into a total deal. That from John Heyman and more of your calls coming up next after the break. Hey, welcome back to The Fan. I am Danielle McCartan, and uh, Twitter has been on fire throughout the show. Um, we've been talking about ways to improve the game and what you miss most about baseball. I got a tweet from Eddie Jr., and thank you for your service, Eddie. He's a Marine vet. Um, he said, uh, I miss hanging in the basement with my dude, having adult beverages. He in his Reds Johnny Bench jersey, uh, and me with my Yankees Winfield jersey on. We'll find something to do, but we do miss baseball. That is correct. Uh, and then some funny ones came in. What do you miss most about baseball? Uh, at Michael Kieko is how you say it in Italian. Michael Kieko says he misses turning on the TV and having it on almost seven days a week. Oh, that wasn't the one I was looking for. That's a good one, though. I saved that one. Uh, where is it? Oh, yeah, this one. Rob. He says, I miss being able to go to the bathroom and the kitchen between pitches. <laughs> Which is what we're getting at tonight, that MLB and the Players Association have agreed in principle to implement a pitch clock, which is wonderful. It's great news. And at Tom Epp 11 says, Danny, the baseball games may have taken longer since in the last 10 years, but I'm sure they ran commercial spots during that time and were paid handsomely too. I think the commercials are a big problem for this is something we did not talk about um i'd like to see some pitcher and pitcher commercials or here's what you do you charge more money for less commercials huh how's that the commercials are insufferable especially around the uh the pitching changes they lose me as a big as a fan of baseball as i am they start to lose me too okay in the order that you call bob and syosset you're up on the fan hi danielle uh enjoying your show again thank Uh you I just want to, uh, well, real quick, John Sterling always complains about relief pitchers taking forever, and I noticed that as well since yep. you brought that up. Horrible. You watch relief, they, they've got nothing better to do but pitch one inning, so they take all the time in the world to do it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's not what I called, so the pitch clock would be a good thing. Yeah. But I, I remember, from, from on your theme for tonight, you were talking about how uh, the players should sh- show off a little bit and things like that. And I remember you had one caller, and the John Moran play. Yep. Moran play, very exciting play. Mm-hmm. And you had one caller that brought up Reggie Jackson and mm-hmm. a couple other black guys, and I thought he was going to go to the place where more black kids should be playing. That's where uh, I thought baseball. that call was going. And maybe he that's, didn't get the point out, but that's where I thought it was going. And then it took a turn, so I went with the turn. So I didn't know how to handle that exactly, but probably, Yeah, yes. I, know, I, know, I know it was a little uncomfortable there, but I thought that's where he was going to go. Yeah. Now, when I, during, because of all what happened last year, I read uh, my share of books on the Negro Leagues. Mm-hmm. And they, one of you. the things they did talk about was the flair that the, the black players had. Mm-hmm. They played with a, a joy. They loved the game. They truly, truly loved the game. And they played with a real flair. And, like, they would do stuff like I, I got the idea that they got the stuff, maybe not during the game. I, I don't believe in the hot dogging and stuff like that. Right. But they would do stuff maybe, like, during the warm-ups. Like, like watch what the first baseman does when they warm up the players. They don't do it. They slow grounders to the yeah. shortstop, and they throw it up while the pitcher's warming up, right? So I think, like, for one example, I think, like, the one guy – put a glove on second base and then the catcher on the throat now would like hit the glove, you know, something, something like crazy yeah, like yeah, that yeah, to show yeah. up their real amazing baseball skills. Yeah. And a, and a couple of really fun facts. Like built-in about, skills competitions, right? I kind of like that. Like skills competition. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I mean, but they just, the, the joy of it came through. Now, again, that's the flair that John Moran play. And, you know, NBA is very popular these days and 
So maybe, you know, something along the way. I recommend reading about the Negro Leagues because you can learn a lot from there. I would like to give you two fun facts about the Negro Leagues, if I may. Yeah, you know, Bob, I hope, were you able to catch the, the, I I was thinking as you were going to say, you were saying this, uh, the interview I did with the mayor of Patterson, Andre Saya, and uh, Larry Doby Jr. Did you catch that? On the you Negro did, Leagues? You did an interview with... Uh... Yeah. Did you? Ca- All right, so here's what you did. No, no. Bob, email me, and I'm going to send you a link to it. I, it was really, really enlightening. Okay. Uh, can, can I get a text instead of an email for you? <laughs> oh, no, I don't care. Well, either way, whatever you can do. I can do either one. I can do either All right, one. Email me. Danielle McCartan. Danielle.McCartan at odyssey.com. McCartan. M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N at odyssey.com. T-A-N. Okay. And then send it to me. Danielle with the double L and everything. Yep. Dot McCartan, MC, uh, small C, large C. It what doesn't is, matter uh, on email. Oh, so it's it's uh, MCC or MC MCC Okay. At odyssey.com. You email me and I'll send you that clip back. It's pretty good. Okay, at odyssey.com. Yep. Okay, I'm okay. I'll do that and uh, thank you for that. And I do, if I if I may bring up a few fun facts. Sure, sure. Back, Go ahead. Yep. I found this amazing. Okay. Uh, the first no-hitter in World Series history was in the 1920s in the Negro Leagues World Series. Mm-hmm. And the first night game that was ever played, because the blacks owned the teams, mm-hmm. and they felt the best way to get more money, because money was tight, would be to have night games. So the first night game in, in, in America cool. was actually the Negro Leagues in the 1920s, because they needed the money. Everybody needed the money. The players needed the money. The owners needed the money. Yeah. I found cool. reading about the Negro Leagues yeah. extremely interesting. Good. I okay, like that. Well-informed, Bob. I like that take there. Well-informed. Good. Uh, yeah, so email me, and I will send you that. If anybody listening missed that segment, by the way, with Andre Saya and uh, Mayor of Patterson and Larry Doby Jr., then um, email me, and I can uh, I can send it to you. It was, it was great, actually. And... Uh, yeah, there's that. All right, let's go to uh, – yeah, we got some time. Let's go Charles in Princeton, New Jersey. You're up on the fan. Hey, Daniel. Um, thanks up, for friend? taking my call. Of course. Thanks for making um, You know I think you're a breath of fresh air on WFAN, so I always enjoy listening to you. Uh-oh, here comes um, – here comes – uh-oh, what are you going to lay on me now here, Charles? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, not at all. It It is um, just about baseball. You know, I tweeted you before about – banning the shift mm-hmm. and there's something about it to me as a baseball fan that seems against the game and I, I know like that can't be defined but like if a clever manager put the shift in in the old days you know that was like an attraction almost um and now now because a guy can't hit the other way um it has to go into the game as a rule like wouldn't this be banning a specific defense on a specific down in, in football in the NFL, do you think? I don't know. You know, banning a type of defense, you know, I, I don't know. And someone else called with this last week. I, I don't know because I, I don't think so. My initial thought is no, I don't think so. But I don't know. What do you think? Talk me through it. I think so, right? Like, how can you take out? just like a such a small sliver of the game like that like that um it it just seems weird to me i i can't articulate it either <laughs> that's why i that's yeah why I'm call me in. to try <laughs> <laughs> um right i know what you're saying right. I, I know what you're you. saying charles and yep. maybe someone else can help articulate it but I, he said basically what he's saying is this you can't tell a defense 
in football that they can't play, you know, cover zero defense in any given scenario. So, therefore, you should not be able to tell a baseball defense how they should be, should be able to or should not be able to play their defense. Um, see, I, I, have, I sort of agree and I sort of don't because, like, <laughs> baseball has always been two fielders on one side, two fielders on the other side of the bag. You know, not this ridiculousness of six outfielders. And to me, I think a rule change is in order. Um, I've come around on it. I was extremely, extremely on the other side of the fence here. Then a couple things happened, and I really started thinking about it, really started reading about it, looking at some numbers. I'm a numbers person, and you know what? It's time not ban the shift. Just amend it. Just amend it. Or put it in the rule book so that it's there on paper. You know, it's like an unwritten rule, right? It's an unwritten rule. So I don't know. I, I guess so. In a way, yes. And in, in, in a way, no. I know that's probably not the answer that you're looking for, but I can't I can't exactly articul- articulate it. And I, I'm not a I'm not a, a loss for words often, but, but for for that one, I'm gonna have to keep thinking about that one. Let's go to Carlos in Throg's Neck, New York. You're up on the fan. Evening, Miss Danielle. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm okay. Um my fiance uh, is getting ready for a match tonight at uh, AEW Revolution tonight. Nice, which is perfect. Well, it is what it is. She's she's working right now as we speak, anyways. Cool. She is she a wrestler? Yes, she is. Oh, who is it? Anna J. Anna J. All right, I got to follow her on Twitter. Yep. All right, go ahead. Use, use, use the name of Charlie Chase Joseph from Zero at uh, iCloud.com. Anna J, All Elite Wrestling. Got it. All right, follow. Got it. That's her? Anna J, All Elite Wrestling, yeah? Correct. Yes, ma'am. All right. Oh, she doesn't have her DMs open. You're going to have to tell her to follow me back. I'll let her know tonight if I have to. All yes. right, great. Great. Okay, so your point about baseball? Um, just, 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 just relaxing tonight with the respect to everything. Basically, I want, I want to get, my ready, get myself ready for the uh, – for uh, the games, but obviously no no uh, baseball for the, for the record. So I'm just following my wrestling because that's what I do now. Mm-hmm. So all I want to do is, uh, well, let's see. Demanding of the uh, shift, amend is fine. I'm okay with that. As long as it doesn't get so overshot with the, all the stuff with the, the shift, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Wait, wait. That's number one. Number two. You go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Number two. Um, I was involved. I, w- I wanted to try to help out with your uh, your cause with um, doing something in education because I know you're, you're a teacher right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do something with it if it's okay. But I but I have to I have to know more about this whole thing with um, what you do with your te- teaching as we speak. Anyways, you said something a, while, a couple of weeks ago about doing something with your, with your students, and I want to get myself also involved as well. Well, no, I don't think I don't think I said anything about doing it with the students. No, I I guess I was wrong on that. Yeah, no, no, I try to keep honestly, Carlos. I know a lot of them like listen might be listening right. I try to keep this very separate. I try to keep the teaching very separate from this for for obvious reasons. Okay, my last one is actually a simple one for myself. I'm doing something basically using my creative mind because I know I know a game called Sing of Your Games: uh, Legends of Wrestling. And I'm actually creating the cards for myself and for Anna myself too. What's that? It's basically it's, it's a wrestling game that's been done by 
Tom Pilsinger. He's uh, he actually made the game himself with a space theme at the time, and then went switched from space to actual wrestlers. That's the honest truth. Huh. All right. Well, hey, did you say she's wrestling tonight, Carlos? Yep. Yep. All right. Well, good luck to her. I'm going to keep an eye on it. I'm expecting a follow back from her. Maybe we get her on the show. I'll do what I can. Hopefully, hopefully she and I will be together in one shot for once. All right there, Carlos. <laughs> All right. Well, she is a real person. I did follow her, so we'll see what happens, okay? Uh, hey, did uh, did any of you guys see the combine? I know we talked about baseball, but I wanted, I wanted to tweet out another picture and show you something here. Did you actually sit down and watch the combine? Because I caught some bits and pieces of it. Uh, you know what? After my own measurement test at home, I was surprised to learn that I perform better than one of the top quarterback prospects in the upcoming draft. What the heck am I talking about? And the more important question might be, which team wants me? I'll explain coming right up. And, uh, and we'll, of course, we'll continue the baseball conversation throughout the rest of the night. I'm Daniel McCartan with you on The Fan till 10. Hey, welcome back. You know, I just tweeted out, I, I heated up my... My dinner that I packed for myself, leftovers. So I'm called Sunday dinner with Danielle. I should have put the Italian flag emoji, but Sunday dinner with Danielle on the fan. A thread tonight's dinner: mom's broccoli and spaghetti with garlic and oil. My favorite. Get aboard till 10 p.m. I tweeted. Um, so real quick, you know, with no baseball, you know, I would venture to guess that there are more eyes focused on the NFL Combine. So did you watch it? Parts of it? Because there were just some superhuman feats coming out of it, as always. But because and here's what I'm talking about with baseball. Even if you didn't watch the the NFL Combine, I'm sure you saw 341 pound defensive lineman Jordan Davis run a 478 40 yard dash. And even if you didn't watch it, I'm sure you saw Liberty quarterback Malik Willis chucking a pass that was like literally 70 yards in the air. And this is what baseball should be doing. And there is one metric that I've already measured better than an athlete at this year's combine. Already. Me. No, it's not the vertical jump. I am doing that on Tuesday. Said that yesterday. I am doing it on Tuesday. But there's, uh, I'll give you a hint. And it has the metric has to do with a quarterback named, oh, I don't know, Kenny Pickett. Hand size. That's what we're talking about. So I, you know, being me, I was just kind of curious. And... I took a ruler the other night, and I measured my hands. <laughs> so I do in my spare time. And and guess what? <laughs> to my surprise, my hands are almost a half an inch bigger. Bigger than Kenny Pickett's. Like, mine are just about nine inches. His are eight and a half. I actually measured it two different ways because, by the way, it was not easy to do by myself because I had to take a picture of my left hand, even though I'm a righty. Um it just, it wasn't, the ruler was like spinning on the table. And I was like, wait, maybe it's not that way. Let me try it on the rug. But where there's a will, there's a way. I took a picture. Okay. And uh, I, I, I clarified this. Uh, Madeline Burke, I knew who great friend of the show. Love her. You guys know her. Love her as well. Uh, she, I knew she was at the combine. So I texted her and I said, Hey, how do you, <laughs> weird question, but, but how do you, how do they measure hands? <laughs> she checked with two scouts and this is it. So what you do is you put the ruler, like you put your hand palm down and the ruler underneath it that way. And you measure pinky to thumb. That, and that's how, that's how they actually do it. So I'm going to post it up. You'll see for yourselves. Um, but my hand is actually bigger than that of Kenny Pickett. 
surprise to me as well. <laughs> All right, go back to the phones. 877. I'll post this up in the meantime. 877-337-6666. In the order that you called Jim in South Amboy, New Jersey. You're up on the fan. Dan- Danielle, I, I want yesterday you mentioned about all the good players getting the calls. Do you actually believe Wait, that wasn't me. That that wasn't me. Aaron, it wasn't you that said all the good players. No, Jim, that wasn't me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry too, but but I wanted to talk about Aaron Judge. Yeah. Getting cheated, getting cheated every at bat with the umpires. He gets strikes called up with with the commissioner's umpires to, to cut down on hits, yep. just like the shift. Yep. Okay, they get che- he gets cheated. I think he gets cheated the most in baseball. Jim, there was a study done I, about Aaron Judge and, and the pitches that get called strikes against him, just because he's speaking of tall and big. Just because he's so big, he got pitches right. called against him that would have. You know, they were called strikes where they would have been balls for anybody else. So, no, Jim, I, I'm aware of that. So that that wasn't me yesterday that was saying that. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I, and, and I'll tell you, uh, Danielle, um, Mike Mike Stanton could be in that in that group, and 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 in the top top two or three, Gary Sanchez could be in the top ten, and 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 I'm a Yankee hater. But these guys, these lumberjacks that the Yankees have, they get cheated the most. And 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 the reason they get cheated again this week, like last week, is that you don't have, you have to pay the batters if they're not getting hits and they're not getting on base. The automatic strike zone. There's no more. Danielle, do you know? Are you old enough to know what five o'clock lightning is? No, I'm not. Yes. Five o'clock lightning. It's my understanding started when the Yankee games used to start at three o'clock or two or three o'clock. Okay. And by the second time around, they'd be banging them off the boards. But but even in, when I was growing up, it was years after the game started at three o'clock in the afternoon. It was they still used the phrase. Uh, uh, Bobby Richardson would get a single. Kubek would walk. Van will bang one off the wall. Burr, Blanchard, Howard, any, uh, Scourin, anybody up next. Put one. All right, so we'll start the games earlier. I think that's where that was going. Let's go to Joe. In, ooh, Joe at Andrews Air Force Base. Joe, I'm sorry to keep you waiting. I should have I should have put you up first there, Joe. Thank you for your service. Uh, Danielle, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate um, <clears throat> all the nice things you said. Um, and I do appreciate the way that you come off. Um, it's just very relatable. It reminds you a lot of Gary Cohen, the, the broadcast for the Mets, and that's why I appreciate listening to you so oh, much. Thank you. All the, all the way from Andrews. I have two points. You, you brought up the thing about the, the, the combine, and there was a, a lineman I saw run a 4-3-6 from Virginia Tech. I mean, that's just crazy. I, I know the guy from uh, Georgia, yeah. the big guy, Jordan Reed or Davis, ran Davis. a 4 7 three. Yeah. But a 4-3 for a lineman? Yeah. <laughs> that's, so, that's absurd. What, what are what, me what and I you really doing wrong there, Joe? Say it again. What are me and you doing there wrong there? I mean, come on. We we should be able to do that, right? I might try that this week just to well, test myself. Well, your hand size is bigger than Kenny Pickett. <laughs> it is bigger. My hand, you saw the picture, everybody. It's up on social media. My hand is bigger than Kenny Pickett's. Where do I sign? Which team wants me? <laughs> <laughs> but, Daniel, I want to bring up a larger point and get your thoughts on it. Yeah. You know, my, my big problem with the um the negotiations of baseball, I mean, they're pricing out the average fan. I mean, if you don't have a good job, it's tough to go on these games, right? So I know – Players don't get paid more, 
But where do you think these costs can get transferred to? Like you go to like a uh, city field. I'm a Mets fan. Yeah, it costs about seventy dollars for one person to go to the game. Yeah. You know, to get a beer, it might be around twenty. Burger, same thing. I mean, if if someone wants to bring their family of four, that's about four hundred dollars, and I'm not even including parking. Right. So and the tolls and all of it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So my question is, you know, they're pricing out the regular fans. Is MLB even taking that into consideration? Because they're no. losing fans no. for this. No. <laughs> That's a short answer. No. <laughs> they're not. Which is which is the whole travesty and all of it. They're they're bickering over these dollars amounts and dividing yeah. them up between the two of them. And, and we, you and me, we're all left in the cold. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. They don't care. No. They don't care. Yeah. I mean, so I used to go to the Met games when they were $6 um, Friday nights. And I'd go to my dad, who was an immigrant. And uh, I, was, I was born. I had a ton of fun. I don't think they could. I don't think people could do that anymore. Yeah, no. You know? So very mm-hmm. sad. Very sad. Yeah. Well, Daniel, thank you for everything you're doing. I really appreciate listening to you on my long ride back to Andrews. And uh, yeah, Joe, no, no need to thank more. me. Thank you. Thanks for your service. <laughs> Thanks for keeping us safe. All right. Thank you, Daniel. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right. Let's go. Hey, Connor, we can give one more in before the top. You think? Yeah. He gives me a thumbs up. All right. Let's go. Uh, let's see if we can do maybe a sh- one. Okay. Uh, Connor in Brooklyn. Okay, we'll do this one. Connor in Brooklyn, you're up on the fan. Yeah, hey, how are you doing? What's up, Connor? Good, how are you? Uh, I just wanted to make four quick points of what you said about the NFL Combine. All right, we have 60 seconds before the update. Totally you, you, Connor, you got si- Connor, you got 60 seconds, go. I got you. One, entertainment. I'd rather watch the Pro Bowl than watch the NFL Combine. All right. And that says a lot. Two, value. How do these teams even value the worth of a Combine? Jumps, speed, throws. We get a full season of college football watching these players, but watching them with no competition for an hour means something? Eh, it's a combination yeah, of all right. of it. Eh, it's a combination Wait, of all of it. Three boredom. Yeah. I can do as many reps of 225 bench press as these guys. Send me the video. Yawning. Send me Four, the video. Six? Yeah, <laughs> end of it's whack. Five, bada bing, bada boom. You know where to find me. Well, Connor, I don't exactly know where to find you, but the, I, I appreciate you keeping that short. <laughs> and send me that video. I'd love to see it. Because uh, I'm going to try this week, and thanks, really, thanks for keeping that short. I appreciate that. So uh, on Tuesday, I'm going to try the, the vertical jump. I'm 5'3 with shoes on, so we'll see how that goes. But, uh... Hey, welcome back to, wow, it's 9 o'clock already. Wow, time flies when you're having fun, isn't it? 9 p.m. here on the fan in New York City. It is still 64 degrees outside, which is beautiful. Just tweeted the picture of my hand size. I do have bigger hands. Uh-huh. Then Kenny Pickett. So there you go. Which team wants me? Jets? Giants? How about really any team? I would be happy to be a part of any team. And, you know, since uh, there doesn't seem to be much hope surrounding the start of this baseball season, I am sure whether the Yankees and Mets were scheduled to play today or yesterday or definitely this weekend, you know, I have the, both of their calendars in my, my Apple calendar. So I kind of, like, keep updated. I have the Knicks and Nets in here as well. It, but... It deletes, though. Like, it doesn't show you that there was supposed to be a game today. It's already deleted out of there, which is bad. But either way, they would have played either yesterday or today or both, okay? But because it gained so much traction on yesterday's show overnight and earlier today on social media, my question to you, I guess, would be to give me a call and complete the sentence. Because there was no baseball today, Sunday, instead, I. So I'll go first. Because there was no baseball today, instead, I watched the first half of the Nets game. Then at halftime, put on shorts and a T-shirt, and I went outside for a run. Outside. How beautiful it was outside today. So um, a couple of responses from yesterday where I went to – I took my kid to see Batman. 
um, you know, a, b- a whole bunch of different things. And, and the point I'm trying to make is that those, you know, mm, policymakers, you know, that are here in New York to make these changes, to get this deal off the ground in New York uh, for, for baseball, they need to be taking notice. They, they need to know that we, the fans, and I, and I had a whole preamble to, to our, our fans constitution last night. If you missed it, you can go back and listen on, on demand as well. Email me if you want. I got a couple of emails looking for the Larry Doby interview, so I will send you that uh, probably tomorrow morning, to be honest with you. So sorry, I can't get to it tonight. It's, I got school tomorrow, the whole thing. I won't be home late, but whatever. Anyway, so, um, but if you're, if you're a key holder or whatever those are called, a, a policy changer or maker in this negotiation, I want you to hear from we, the fans here in New York, that we are finding other things to do than watch baseball. And that is your problem, not ours. Today I went for a run instead of being anchored to my TV to for three hours and 10 minutes of Yankees and three hours and 10 minutes of Mets. Um, I also watched the Nets. I watched NASCAR yesterday. I watched yesterday. NASCAR in Vegas was postponed for about 30 minutes because it snowed. I mean, I watched a lot of different things yesterday and none of them were baseball. And it was about five or six different sporting events that I watched, not even counting Netflix or anything else available uh, in that way. So complete the sentence because there was no baseball today. Instead, I let's go to in the order that you call Mike in Plainfield, New Jersey. You're up on the fan. Hey, I guess I'm calling on you because I didn't do too much else else today. This is the highlight <laughs> of my it. day. Oh, I love it. That's my highlight for my day, too. Oh, man. Well, uh, thank you. It's a great show. And I like the topic on baseball. Uh, this is not an original point, but uh, to me, a big problem baseball has is, is the uh, instant replay, which I guess is not so new now. Yeah. And it's not that I'm so much against instant replay, but baseball, even for someone who enjoys it and at its most exciting, is a little bit of a leisurely game. Yeah. But it's punctuated by really exciting moments, and those are usually close plays. Uh, play, play, got to go for a double, a stolen base. And now with this instant replay, there's not even – you used to be on the edge of your seat waiting to see what that call would be, if the guy would be safer out. Now it's like if it's a close play, you just, ah, it's going to wind up being challenged in a replay. So yeah. why am I even really engaged? Like I yep. used to look up and be glued to the TV on a close play. Now it's like, ah, I'll just wait, wait for the replay. Yes. So, and, and the replay is, okay, let's put on the headset. Let's mosey yeah. on over to the thing. Let's get all the guys with their arms crossed looking at it, listening. So, I get it. Yep. So, so my suggestion, I'm sure other people have said this too, is yep. also the other downside about that is it takes away my other favorite thing about baseball, which is arguments. Yeah. Yes. Tossing the hat, kicking the, the dirt. Like that. Yeah. So, so, so make people put the money where their mouth is. And I know baseball would never do this, but get rid of the video room, get rid of the whole setup to figure out if they're going to challenge play or not. There's, there's a close play. You got five seconds of the player or the manager to challenge it and like you get three a game or whatever and if you're right they go and look at it yeah it is it's it's just an instinct thing make it an instinct thing i give you if you really think you, if you really think you're safe put your money where your mouth is and try to prove it yeah. figure out the same thing mike I'll, I'll that do, would at least be interesting right i'll do you one better mike here's my idea and i got this from when i worked for the the, the new jersey guardians or new york guardians for the xfl mm-hmm. Um, they had a guy or a, somebody, a person, they had a person that was already overseeing it, it, it like anticipating a challenge so that when yeah. they said, Hey, let's go to, let's challenge. It was already yeah. decided, boom, safe or out. There was no need yeah. for the whole rigmarole thing. That is what I would like. Assign somebody yeah. to watch these games, um, and, and make the call. 
right away, immediately, without, you know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. they, they did that, and I think that should be implemented across all sports. Something like that, It's yeah. a great idea. All right, no, thank you. I enjoyed the conversation. Keep it going. Yeah, thanks, Mike. appreciate that. Somebody on Twitter said, <laughs> uh, I, in response to my, my, my hand measurement picture, well, um, someone said, there's no way that's not your husband's hands or something. I responded, what husband? <laughs> no, they're my hands, all right. Malik in New Haven, Connecticut, you're up on the fan. Hey, you, you were talking about the shift in baseball, right? I was, yeah. How about they do this? Only allow two per game, and you can't shift when there's two outs. I like it. I like it a lot. You know, that generates a little excitement. Malik, I think that's an excellent idea because, one – the two out thing, especially, but but the other thing is you, you're only allowed X amount. You want two, maybe it's three, whatever the number is. You're allowed that many shifts per game. I love it because then everybody says, "Oh, these managers, all they do is follow the the iPad and that this that computer thing, everything." Guess what? In game, the manager has to make a decision on whether or not they're going to shift that player or not, defensively shift on on that batter or not. I love it. I think it puts a little bit of the game back in the manager's hands, which is what I would love to see. And I think I think that would get the the people that are not a fan of the shift to be sort of okay with it because it puts the, the, the decision, the onus back on the manager to make that in-game decision. So I love it. That was a suggestion that came up last week as well, Malik. Good for you. Um, if you're listening people out there, that can make some changes. That's what we the fans want. Rocky in the Bronx, you're up on the fan. Hello. Hello, Rocky. How you doing? Uh, I was just wondering if, uh, was this a uh, undisclosed location in New York that they're having talks? There's no protest? Yeah, I, you know, I didn't see him. I didn't see him any protests. Yeah, I don't know. So, so I was just, uh, I was just going to say, um, you know, when the baby boomers come, I've been watching since 1962. Mm-hmm. I could care less if they come back. You, you have to be in my, you have to be in, in my, in an old timer's shoes to, to feel that way. Some of them, how, how they feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the changes of the game and the way the game used to be played. But I feel once the baby boomers die off, oh, no. uh, the TV contracts are going to go away and baseball is going to die off. That's what, that's my initial thought. Well, I mean, my dad's a baby boomer, so I, I don't want that. But I, I see what you're saying there, and it's the same sort of argument that people are making in regards to the the baseball Hall of Fame voting. You know, the younger the voter, you know, the younger the voter, the more likely at the steroid guys were going to get in. That's the same argument. I see what you're saying. I'm just making a joke. I, I see what you're saying. Um, the problem is that while the NFL, CC Sabathia made the point beautifully with a couple of curse words mixed in there, but uh, he's passionate, which is great. The NFL has adapted. The NBA has adapted. And Major League Baseball seems to keep looking in the rearview mirror. So, you know, on the past. In order for the game to grow, you have to look forward. And we've we've laid out a multitude of different ways in which that can happen here on the show tonight. I hope people are listening. Because um, that's what we the fans want. Douglas in the Bronx, you're up on the fan. Good evening, Danielle. How are you, Douglas? <laughs> I'm doing fine. <laughs> just, be- just before I called into you, I finished my dinner, 
and I would like to change your, the moniker of your show, Mozzarella with McCartan. <laughs> uh, mo- <laughs> yeah, mozzarella. I, mozzarella, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I had it uh, with my White Castle meal, too. So I just finished that before I got on with you. Um, okay, so uh, two ideas for enhancing the viewing experience. One for, like, the super fan like myself. And one just for the generic, uh, for the young generation. First, I love the Statcast. I love the alternative broadcast yes. that they have for games, yeah. um, especially on ESPN, because I wasn't going to watch A Rod on the main feed, but I liked the alternative feed. I liked because it gives the viewer the statistics, but with context. Yeah. So, you know what uh, I'm more like of that. that. Yeah, the overlay of like when they go to like when they show a guy like leading off first base, like how many feet are they really far away? I like that when they show that metric. I like that too. Yeah, yeah, and and if uh, they hit a home run uh, at, uh, excuse me, if they uh, make a fly out at Fenway Park, oh, that would have been a home run in Yankee Stadium. But what other st- stadiums would have been a home run in? Because I know it's got a deep I love outfield. that too. Yep, yeah. yep, I love that yeah. stat too. Yep. And yep. just for the generic fan. I think they really have to make the game more available on MLB TV. Oh, yes. Because there's so much restrictions. Because they are tied to, uh, and we know this, that the teams are tied to the regional sports networks. They're trying to force the customer to subscribe to the SNY, the S Network, the, yep. whatever regional sports network Which there is, is great. in the country. Which is great. But, yeah. you know, but we're, yeah. it restricts right. people from watching it. Like, when, when I have... Uh, you know MLB the the pass that that T-Mobile puts out there that whatever the whatever it's called um I do it and then sometimes you're like wait why is that game blocked out like I I I want to watch that game it's ridiculous yeah and and I mean I, as as you just said earlier about you know folks checking in on other things uh less more and more people are cutting the cord. Uh, I mean, I'm not of that. I mean, are are you Danielle? Are do you are you someone that has so cut cord? I've tried. I want to. I want to cut the cord because my cable bill is ridiculous. I have one box and it's like 180, and I don't have okay. I, oh, the only package I have is the sports package. I have no movies, no nothing. But I've tried, but I can't cut the cord because I haven't found. <laughs> I I watch four channels: mm-hmm. MTV, Bravo, Yes Network, SNY, I guess ESPN. And just regular TV. I can't find one of those packages that will allow me to watch all of those things without sacrificing one of them. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm a dinosaur because I have cable, but I don't want to venture into the live streaming world completely, like to depend on it. Mm-hmm. It's nice when you're out like as a secondary yeah. option. But yeah. mm-hmm. uh, if that live stream goes down, I'm toast. Like I have to see at least a feed of it. Yeah. But, and usually the cable feed is more dependable. Yeah. But right. but let more and more people are cutting the cord. And so by them tying it to the regional sports networks, you're getting less of a customer base in that sense. So mm-hmm. uh, some, just to make it more universally palatable or more viewable for the regular customer because that is so that's so frustrating especially if you're in the same market like you want to watch your home team but yep you're blocked out yep but yeah, you're blocked out so. which is crazy i agree douglas and thank you for the call it's a good point douglas is really into tv and stuff and tv ratings and all that he always emails and asks for like predictions on the uh on the olympics or whatever and i i always see them too late you guys people get Annoyed that I don't respond to them, but I I receive hundreds hundreds of DMs across all 
it's like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Literally, there's hundreds of unread DMs right now. So, um, some, and, and email, five, five things, email. So sometimes I, uh, I don't answer in a prompt matter, but I, eventually I will. I always do. Um, let's go with Mark in North Bergen. You are up next on the fan. Hey, Daniel, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Mark? Uh, I've been talking to you a lot on Twitter, but uh, you're great online and I, you're great on the radio. Oh, you're Mark Roberto? I'm sorry? Are you Mark Roberto? Yes. All right. Hey, you got through. Yeah, finally got through. <laughs> All right. What's on your mind today, John Heyman tweet. Why do we need bigger bases? I, I, I assume it's a, a safety protocol, uh, but that's all I got for you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want him. Ridiculous. But uh, you were talking about before about you know having children getting involved in the games and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I think the great thing is you know give, give the children like a fifty percent voucher to walk into the building. And have them whatever they want to eat and stuff like that. And even have a picture with the mascot, get them involved in the game and stuff. Yeah. I think that'd be a great way to get the fans involved. My, uh, and I, I tweeted this back to you. My friend, um, the friend that I talked to, uh, by the way, Mark, it's a great idea. It's, it's a wonderful idea. My friend that I, I went to, she's from Vegas. Her name is Christina. And we go, we, you know, we go to games right, a lot in a lot of different places. And, she makes it a point. She's 33 years old. She ma- or 32 and she makes it a point to take pictures with mascots. So now she's got me doing it. <laughs> like wherever whatever game I'm at, whatever stadium I'm in, I'm I'm trying to find the mascot to take a picture and send it to her, but 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 I'm old. It's fun. The the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds guy, I cha- I literally jogged after him. <laughs> I was like, "Excuse me. Excuse me." And then uh, Mr. and Mrs. met both of them. I got pictures with them too, but you know what? You're right. Get the kids involved. I'm 33 years old. She's got me liking taking pictures with mascots as well. I, 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 whatever. The fanatic. My friend Tyler. He loves gritty. He's not a Flyers fan, not a Philly fan whatsoever, but he loves gritty. And we went to to Philly. Tyler, if you're listening, hi. Um, and maybe Christina too. Hi. But um, we went to Philly to check off for me. He went with me to check off uh, Citizens Bank Park, and we just happened. And Christina loved this when I told her. We just happened to be there on the Fanatic's birthday party day. Yes, the Fanatic actually had a This is like a couple years ago, three, four years ago. The Fanatic had a birthday party. And all of the mascots, definitely in Philadelphia and probably, I don't even know who else was there. All the mascots were there. The Philadelphia Eagle was there. Gritty was there. And Tyler got to take a picture with Gritty. You should have seen his face. <laughs> I won't send that picture out because I don't have permission to send that out. But it was very funny. And it, it made his day. So mascots in make days in conclusion. And it was a huge party. They had a nice cake and everything. Like, I wanted a slice of that. We were we were sitting close enough. Uh, Bill in Central Jersey. You're up next on the fan. Hi. Hello. What's up, Bill? Um, I actually just wanted to argue with you a little bit. Let's argue. Let's do it. Throw uh, down. Yeah. No, I was just, in my opinion, the, the whole baseball stoppage and this and that, everybody's saying that, oh, this is going to weed out and baseball is going to lose viewers and viewership. In my opinion, if you watch baseball, you watch three, four, or five games a week, this is not going to stop you. This is not going to make you switch to another sport. This is not going to turn you off of baseball. I agree the owner's 
they're they're very conceited. They think they have everybody's by the by the seat of their pants, but they really do. I mean, they if do. you're a baseball fan, you're not going to stop watching baseball because of this ridiculous. Stoppage. I agree with you. I, and all these people that call me up and they say, oh, I'm never going to watch another Met game or I'm never going to watch another Yankee game again. They are so full of it, Bill. I, I'm with, I, there's no got, argument there. They're full of it. They're going to come back. They'll be back. A guy called in the other night said him and his buddies were baseball fans and they're going to switch to soccer. Switch to soccer. Nothing against soccer. I mean, hey, you, you like soccer? Great. Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. But... No baseball fan, no true baseball fan is going to switch to soccer. Yeah, Bill, no argument here. No I argument mean, here. I'm with you. There's no way. No one is switching. Every, no argument there, Bill. Nobody's switching. You call me up and you say, I'm never going to watch another Yankee game again. Yes, you will. I'm never, I, we talked about this last night. I'm never going to watch another Met game again. Yes, you will. Believe me, you will. Right now, it might feel like it's an emotional response. Right now, maybe not. But you will. You'll be back. Especially when they start instituting some of these rule changes, like, you know, the pitch clock and, and, and uh, what was the other thing? Uh, the shift, amending the shift. Yes, I'm all for it. Sign me up. Make the game more engaging. And, and, and can you imagine if they figure out actually how to do that? And if maybe they're listening to us tonight? I'm telling you, you'll be back. More rule changes for baseball, what you want to see and, uh, out of the sport. And coming your way at 10 is Lori Rubinson, and she is here. She's smiling. She can't wait to talk to you guys to continue this conversation about baseball and football and, and whatever else. She's nodding her head. She, you're in good hands. You, you've, I, I inherited you from Kim Jones, and I'm sending you off to Lou, Lori Rubinson the, with the, the, the woman, the female triple header here on the fan. Uh, and more recalls coming up after this break. Hey, welcome back to my show. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on the fan until... 10 p.m. when Lori Rubinson comes your way. We just had a discussion about my hand size uh, here in the studio as I scarf down bites at a time of my mom's broccoli and spaghetti. Um, you can't believe my hands are that big. And uh, there's still a debate going on on Twitter. Yes, they are my hands. I, my hands are that big. Um, and we were just talking about, you know, where Kenny Pickett would go. And again, the the if you're, like like Lori just said, if, if you're a cold weather team, it would give you pause. Um yeah, that's that's the point. So, like, if you're if you're a dome stadium, I'd have no problem with it. Probably, if you're uh, you know like a Tampa or or an LA or warm weather, you know, temperate weather all all season long, then I'd have no problem with it. But it's for teams that are in you know in the elements that it would be a little bit of an issue. I'd say I would think because don't forget the the college ball is actually smaller in circumference than the NFL ball. And that, that that's grip. And everybody said that Joe Burrow had small hands when he came out in the draft. But his are, or I guess were, a half inch bigger than Pickett's, which is about my size. And I'll say this. Um, he better go to a dome team or a nice weather team because uh, the ball's going to slip out of his hands. It's, it's not rocket science. It's just biology. So NFL combine is on the table Mostly, though, the news that you know, I'm trying to take a little bit of a positive tone here, and I'm picking my battles. I realize that, and, and I don't ever want any show to be ever stale. So we've talked about the shift at length. Now some rule changes might be in effect for baseball. And 
One of the the three that are on the table, forget the, the, the robo-umps, those are off the table. But larger bases are on the table for the 2023 season, not this season, the season afterwards, after that, of course. Uh, so larger bases, a pitch clock, which is so necessary, absolutely necessary. It shaved 21 minutes average off of minor league games uh, that, that instituted it in one season, 21 minutes. Yeah, an average baseball game is three hours and 10 minutes. When in this modern world do you have three hours and 10 minutes to dedicate really to anything? Uh, I know I don't. I barely have time to actually sit and watch an actual like movie. And maybe you're tuning in. Uh, the Knicks are at the Clippers starting at 10 p.m. So if you're a Knicks fan, give me a call. Oh, and we have not even talked about the Nets. Oh, boy. The Nets. Well, we'll get into them in a minute. Let's first go to the phone calls. Let's go to David in Manhattan. You are up next on the fan. I'm not talking uh, football. No. You, oh, no. Baseball. That's fine. <laughs> Let's do it. Baseball does a lousy job, <clears throat> excuse me, in promoting its stars. Yes. Preach. Last year, you had the biggest story in Shona Yotani. Yes. I mean, he was like a modern-day Babe Ruth. Correct. And all you see on ESPN is Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to do this? Is he gonna... Yeah, and LeBron James, and who cares? But that, no, at least LeBron does something. I mean, but it's... <laughs> Yeah, they, baseball does a lousy job. They should take a page from the NBA in promoting stars and in, in the globalization of stars. Yeah. You have gr- great Latino players. The guy who stole home on Tampa in the playoffs. Uh, Randy Rosarino? So, yeah. Yeah. A great young player. Mm-hmm. Tatis. A great young, the and Otani, a huge Asian constituency. Yep. You know, Latino constituency are drawn to these. Mm-hmm. Baseball, I mean, if it's promoted the right way, it's still a national sport. I don't I, believe it's a re- regional sport. David, as my mom would say, give me a... Excuse me, I just hiccuped. I'm sorry about that. Uh, give me a for instance. What what would you like to see? How how now I have the hiccups. <laughs> how would you have liked MLB to promote Shohei Otani? Give me an example. <laughs> give me. I an mean, example. I would I would go to my partner, ESPN, and say, you know, why isn't only on TV? Well, morning, noon, and night yeah. talking about baseball. You know, having these just. You know, I was stuck home for the last couple of years, so I watch all this stuff, yeah. and, and all you see is Aaron Rodgers, and I, I don't understand it. Yeah. The NBA knows how to promote stars. Basically, Mike Trout, one of the great, he was injured last year, mm-hmm. one of the great players. No one knows about him. Why? No. Oh, my God, I have the hiccups. Um, you know what, David? I don't know. I, I don't know because he's not on billboards because he's not on commercials because he's not they, he's not at, oh my god this is gonna be terrible I've never done a show where I have the hiccups I'm sorry I, I can't control it I'm sorry but 
yes, they don't do a good job. That goes back to the viral moments. Baseball needs to do a better job of marketing those viral moments, those job Morant, Michael Jordan-esque dunk moments, those job Morant catch the ball and shoot the ball in the same jump as the buzzer expires. Everybody saw that. Everybody saw that. I don't even know if his team won the game or not, but I saw those two plays. Major League Baseball needs to do a better job. Go to those partners, those big partners, and say, listen, we need your help. Let's put together a segment of, you know, whatever, the biggest bat flips or the best celebrations or something like that. Like, whatever. If that's not your thing, then whatever. Whatever it is. But I tell you right now, if if uh, there was a there was somebody that used to be here in this building who ran into Jacob Degrom near here, getting lunch one day, she said nobody even realized it was him. She works in sports, obviously, so she knew it was him, but no one even knew. Jacob Degrom, one of the biggest athletes in the league. And, and probably the biggest athlete here in New York City was not even recognized going to get a sandwich or whatever, a bagel, whatever, for lunch. That's a problem. That's a big marketing problem. And I, and I'm no, I don't pretend to be a marketing major, have all the answers in terms of marketing, but I will tell you, that's an issue. When you can have Jacob DeGrom walk down a street in New York City without being recognized. Mike Trout, probably the same thing. I bet you Mike Trout does not think about it. I go back to the picture that that the, uh, the Players Association put out after com- talks completely fell apart. Right after they completely fell apart, was it Tuesday night, Wednesday night, whatever night? They, the Players Association put out this picture of all the players that were in attendance for their pre- their own, their very own press conference. If you saw the picture, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I could probably try to find it on the commercial break. I could, me who who I think I'm pretty involved in the game of baseball. I, I follow it. I, I could name four players in that in that picture. Uh Andrew Miller, Max Scherzer, Noah Syndergaard, and Trey Turner. Four players. There were like twelve in it or more. That's what I'm talking about. I am a diehard baseball fan. I love the game. I always am looking for ways to make the game better, this and that, all that. But I couldn't I couldn't tell you more than four guys in that picture. That is a problem. So, you know, whatever young stars they have, the up and coming, maybe Anthony Volpe. The Yankees gotta push him out there a little bit. Give him that that facial facial recognition. He's he's the up and coming. And forget about the guys that you already have. You mentioned before Tatis. Who could pick out Fernando Tatis Jr. out of out of a, a group of of baseball players, or a group of people. Forget baseball, a group of people. Probably probably not many people. And that's a shame for the game. Could you pick out LeBron James? I did this. I did this, actually, one day in my parents' house with both of them. I gave them a couple different photos of, you know, big-name athletes. Like, Mike Trout was one of them. Tom Brady was another one. Uh, uh, LeBron James was another one. And there was a fourth one. I can't remember who it was. But I said, okay, Mom, Dad. Here's my little experiment. Which one? Which athletes do you recognize? My dad got three of the four. I can't remember the fourth one. He got three of the four. My mom got Tom Brady because she loves him and LeBron James. That's it. 
So my dad, more of a fan. My mom, a fringe fan, obviously, of, of sports. Only really likes it because we all do. But that's what I'm saying. Those fringe fans, you got to capture them somehow. You make the moments go viral. That's how you need to do it. I'm no marketing Einstein. But I do know that. So how they end up doing it, once they come to an agreement, when is baseball going to start? Well, you saw the reports that it does that doesn't look like it's going to be in the month of April. Uh, you know, reading the tea leaves, as they say, um, it doesn't look like it's going to be in the month of April at all. So I guess the good thing then is that, I mean, we're only on March 6th. So throughout March, throughout April, you might be getting a bunch of Danielle doubleheaders on the weekend. I'm game for it. This is a great time. Have my dinner. We can maybe start up Sunday Dinner Club with Danielle on the fan. Maybe we could do that. Uh, but but I am uh, I'm, I guess I'm for it. Let's do it. But I would really like to see baseball back. Really. So, anyway, uh, you know, before we we wrap up the show tonight, before Lori comes your way, um, there is a uh, there's something that I haven't heard talked about on the radio. Uh, I mean, it just kind of happened. I haven't heard it. Maybe you have. I know I have not. There is a there's a little bit of a, a of a tragic story coming out of the NCAA circuit. A somber reminder to all of us in these times to check in on one another. That, I'll explain what that is. We'll take more of your calls coming up next here on The Fan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the final segment here on WFAN Radio. I'm Danielle McCartan, your hostess with the mostess. I think. I'd like to think so. Um, We've had a very spirited discussion tonight about ways to change the game of baseball implementable right now as we await... Any sort of white smoke to, you know, get a Sistine Chapel reference in there. Uh, any white smoke in, in, in the negotiations between the MLBPA and MLB. Uh, it, today, listen, if you're if you're listening to the show yesterday, you knew not to expect much from today's meeting. Um, basically, all it was was a checkbox. All the players today here in Manhattan presented uh, in writing. All of the line items that they were like saying, like, okay, we're we are not going to agree to that, 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 that. They already said that last week. Today they just presented it in writing. Um, they had a couple things. They they made a concession on uh, on the what's it called uh, oh the, the pre arbitration bonus pool. They went they went down from eighty five million an ask of eighty five million dollars to an ask of eighty million dollars. I mean. Then you had, of course, as you heard on top of the hour as well, you had them saying the 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 owner's side is saying it's deadlocked, which is not a good term, deadlocked. Maybe that's a bargaining tactic. But again, me and you, we are not in the room. We are not in the building. So we don't know. Um, but there's something uh, that I wanted to bring to everybody's attention. Um it's out of the NCAA circuit, and it's it's. I mean, hate to drop this on you before I run out the door here and go to school tomorrow. But uh, you uh, maybe maybe you remember the video. It was a viral video again, again viral video. Marketing athletes, right? MLB, are you listening? But you might remember a a, a viral video of Stanford University soccer goalie, who I couldn't believe it was this long ago, 2019. She came up. Huge for her team in in a moment that could not have been any bigger. I mean, sports talk hosts around the country, TV, 
radio, including us here on this show. I talked about this in 2019 when it started. I mean, when it happened for two reasons. A, because she made such she made two monumental saves to help her team beat the NC, uh, UNC, which is a, a, so- a girls or women's soccer powerhouse. Her team, Stanford, beat them to win the NCAA soccer championship because of her two monumental saves in PKs. And B, people and me were talking about it because after making those saves, her name is Katie Meyer, and she stood up. She looked right into both of those cameras on the field. I mean, how did she know where they were exactly is, is kind of, you know, and then, oh, all the students, oh, they all know where the cameras are. They know where they are. And she just talked a whole bunch of trash. You could just feel the intensity come through the camera. Good for her. She deserved it. Well, unfortunately, on, uh, on just Friday, we learned that Katie Meyer, that savior of that 2019 NCAA title for the, uh, the Stanford girls' uh, women's soccer team, she was a senior majoring in international relations and minoring in history. Uh, she died by suicide in her dorm room in Stanford. And there was a statement from the university that said in part, quote, we can all help by checking in on friends and loved ones and be caring to yourselves and one another. And Katie, I mean, based on everything I was reading about her, she was an RA, she was a team captain, a model student by all accounts and appeared to be a really happy girl. And her mom said on the Today Show on Friday, she said, there is anxiety and there is stress to be perfect, to be the best, to be number one. We're struggling right now to know what happened and why it happened. Uh, you know, we're just we're just so heartbroken. So two things. One, keep Katie Meyer and her family in your prayers, if that's what you do. Or and, and, and or two, just send a text to say hey to your friends. Just say hey. Goes a long way, you know. So and I feel like this is maybe like I feel like I should throw this out there. If you or this is a statement, if you or someone you know is in emotional distress or considering suicide, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Um, so on that note, I guess we'll make a hard pivot to, you know, sports. And, you know, this is it's one of those moments that kind of keep everything in perspective for everybody here. OK, so, yeah, it's a hard pivot, but we'll do it. Um, I guess. We I asked earlier, instead of watching baseball today, whether it be the Yankees or the Mets or, or any team for that matter, instead of watching baseball today, what did you do? A couple, couple good answers, you know, and, and one of them was, you know, a lot of them were today. I watch basketball. Well, it makes sense because the Nets were, were on national TV against the Boston Celtics. And Evan Roberts, I saw, was there on, on social media. My brother was actually there too. My brother flew to Boston for the game. Uh, yeah, so... Unfortunately, though, if you're a Net fan, you went home not happy. I mean, I watched the first half, right, and then I went out for a run. And I'm like, ah, oh, they got this. That's they got this. They they they, they look dominant. They've got Kyrie. They got Kevin. Durant. I'm gonna go t- run, and I'm gonna go back, and they're still gonna be in the lead, which they were. I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have the TV on loud. I'm gonna jump in the shower. When when I get out of the shower, the TV will be on loud, and they'll still have the lead. And they didn't. I was like, wait, what? I mean, wow. And I watched the the, the post game press conference, and there was uh, Steve Nash, and he was uh, he was talking about how, and I'm par- totally totally paraphrasing, but basically saying how you know they look like a brand new team out there. He said that we look like a brand new team out there. They are you know talking about not having playing together, building the camaraderie, the like the all that right. 
And I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, like, come on, man. Excuses, excuses. I mean, your team is 32 and 33. You're under 500. Right now, if the season ended, you'd be playing a play-in game with the Hawks. And Knicks fans know a little bit about playing the Hawks in the playoffs, right? But, man, you need do- if you're the Nets, you need dominance from your now big two. You just need it. And the fact of the matter is, the Nets today were in the minus category when both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were on the floor. What does that mean? Well, that means that when Kevin Durant was on the floor, the Nets were actually outscored by three points today. And that means when Kyrie Irving was on the floor, the Nets were actually outscored by five points. And Kyrie Irving, oh, Kyrie Irving, oh, yeah, he's going to be playing on a big game on the road. Where was he? I'm sorry, but, but where was he? He had a totally inefficient 16 points, three of which were, there was one three-pointer, which was like certifiable garbage time. And in fact, there was only one, one Nets starter that was positive in the plus-minus category. One Nets starter. And that was Seth Curry. He had a whopping plus one in this game. Plus one. That was it. And, and, and the Nets were just wholly and completely inefficient on national television today. And according to, I listened to the post game, Kim, Tim Capstraw and Chris Carino, the Nets, according to the two of them, they find themselves five games out of a playoff spot, not a play-in scenario, just a play in the playoff spot. They've got 17 games left to play and no sign of Ben Simmons either, might I add. Kyrie Irving, I don't even know how many games he could play in. Uh, probably five or six probably remaining on his schedule. Can you imagine if they if they have, end up going against the, the, the Toronto Raptors? He won't be able to play at all. <laughs> so I asked this question to you guys, to you listening right now. Immediately after his first game in Philadelphia, immediately when James Harden was able to put up a plus-minus in his first game with the Philadelphia 76ers, a plus-minus higher than any game he ever played with the Nets. In his first game in Philadelphia, I asked, do you miss him? Do you miss James Harden now, Nets fans? But, man, the answer's got to be yes. There's got to be some seller's remorse. And if you're an it's okay to admit it. It's okay to admit that you miss James Harden. Because when he was happy, when he was the third option, which is what he signed up to be when he got here. When he was the third option, he was happy and he was playing hard for you. And then all of a sudden, things changed. Uh, I don't know the, the chronological order of this, but in total, you had Joe Harris going out with the injury. Then not sure if he was going to come back. Then deciding that he was not going to come back for the rest of the season. You had Kevin Durant out for a lengthy period of time. Kyrie Irving and, and his issues that he's got going on part-time player, and then it all culminates in a game like today on national TV in front of a national audience where the Nets were just outplayed, outplayed by the Boston Celtics. I mean, from from Kyrie Irving's first touch, heavy booze, then he threw it away, and the crowd erupted into cheers. I mean, and then they had Woj on, on the pregame show, and here's a quote. He said, there's tremendous urgency around the Nets to get Ben Simmons on the court get him incorporated and playing with this team. 
The Nets start a three-game road trip today against the Celtics. This was before the game. Simmons is going to join them at some point. Oh, yeah? Will he? The Nets' hope is that when Brooklyn gets back after Thursday's game in Philly, Simmons, at that point, will be ready to start getting on the floor with his teammates, increasing his workload, and getting closer to returning. The back problem that has been an issue for him since he's tried to start ramping up, this is Woj, he's essentially really just done individual work at their facility. They're hoping by the end of this week he'll be able to do more. Well, no surprises there. <laughs> if you're a fan of the show, and if you have a brain, you've been able to figure out that Ben Simmons will not be back in time to play in that Philadelphia 76ers game. It's going to be the, the game right after that, if anything. So, yeah, you're looking at the net schedule, and you're looking like, wow, hmm. I, 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 if I'm a Net fan, I am not in a comfortable. I, I would not think that this is a comfortable position to be in if you're a Net fan because you're looking up in that standings and you're like, "Wow, I, I don't, I, I don't feel confident in this team in, in, in a in a playing scenario." Seriously, so I'm looking at the calendar right now. Ben Simmons will be back Sunday, March 13th versus the Knicks. That's on national TV. You know what? Since it's on national TV, I'm going to go with Tuesday, March 15th against the Orlando Magic. That's a uh, a, a low impact. A small little scale so he can get a taste. But the the comings and goings of this roster, it, it's just it finally has culminated in the fact that, hey, they got they got they got embarrassed, I think, on national TV. And, they, and by the way, then it's not even playing any defense. Come on, man, enough with that. It's the same problem year and year and year after year. Well, anyway, thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you. I love coming here and talking with you now. Twice a weekend, that's great. If you missed any portion of today's show, hit that Odyssey Rewind feature. Select the starter show, which was 7 p.m. tonight. Great job to Connor, the A-team behind the glass tonight. Also, too, it was a combination of Kevin Dexter and Peter Schwartz on the updates. You got another Danielle doubleheader coming your way next weekend. Saturday, Danielle at dinner time, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. And Sunday, after that Knicks and Nets game, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. So I've got school all week, you know, tomorrow and all week, so i got to run out of here. In the meantime, you guys hit my social medias, at CoachMCCARTAN on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Coach McCart. We'll keep the conversation going. Lori Rubinson coming your way next with some intelligent sports talk. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The